All right, are we ready? We are ready. We're ready. <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Elephants in the Room. My name is Nicole, and I am here with Miss Rosie. Hello, hello. Guys, I'm so excited for this. And when I tell you I've been waiting for this for a really long time, me and Rosie, we go way back, even though this is the first time we've actually met in real life. Yeah. Um, this is going to be such a special episode. And for anyone who doesn't know who she is, she's like the most amazing. So I'm going to introduce her a little bit and talk a little bit about her, and then I'm going to let you do the same. So... Rosie is 23 from New York and is an artist slash songwriter. She uses her platform to spread awareness about mental health through music with one of the best and saddest heartbreak songs, Never the One, being her biggest song. <laughs> oh my goodness, by the way, that song single-handedly was one of the songs that got me through my divorce. Are like, you serious? Genuinely. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much because that's why I wrote it and Oh my gosh. It. I used to just oh. get in my car. Oh. And just, it, it's so, like, we were listening through your music today, and obviously I'm a fan of you, so I've heard all your music already, but just, like, kind of refreshing our memory and listening through everything, it's so crazy how you do things. Like, it's so honest. Like, it is so honest. And it's also so cool to see kind of your evolution of, like, I feel like self-love throughout yeah. your music, you know? Yeah, thank you. And I'm so proud. And so I'm like, like your most recent song is amazing and we're going to talk about it. So I won't say too much, but, um, it's just cool to see how you have like healed and like helped others heal. And it's kind of been like this journey, but like that song, <laughs> Getting oh emotional. my gosh, no, it's a, <laughs> Thank you. just even the concept of the song, never the one is like, oh my gosh, I just love that song. And it's, it's just, anyways, we we'll get into all of that. I need to stop just like ranting, but no, no, please rant as much <laughs> all as you the things. want. Okay, awesome. So give a little background on how we met for the viewers because I want them to kind of know. Absolutely. So I'll say from my end, we haven't even spoke about this. So this yeah. is like the first time we are this relaying this. So I was scrolling through TikTok and this kind, sweet, beautiful <laughs> no, face popped <laughs> up. And she was talking about, she was saying how something about if you're going through something about how you were saying like you were proof that it all works out or mm -hmm. like you were the proof that like you can work through anything and like you can get through it. And I forget the exact specifics. I forget yeah. the exact video, but it came at such a perfect time in my life where I was like, I don't know who this is, but that is exactly the message I needed to hear. Aww. And the fact that it just came up naturally. Mm -hmm. And then I clicked on your profile and I was like, her entire profile is about spreading kindness and spreading awareness and just being a good human. And I was like, I don't know who this is, but I love her. Like, Aww. I don't, I do, you know, I do not know. Mm -hmm. And so from there, fastest follow ever. Cause I just like, You're I so followed, sweet. but it, it, again, it's so strange because it felt, it felt like almost spiritual. I don't know how to explain it, yeah. but I was like, this person understands me. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's, you know, I think we've, we've had our own extreme experiences in life right. and our own types of trauma and, and whatever. But I felt this bond. I was like, we have to have a conversation. Yeah. 100%. And I was tempted to reach out so many times. Mm -hmm. I haven't told you this. I was tempted to reach out so many times, but I wanted to wait until I knew there was an opportunity for us to meet in person because mm -hmm. I knew whatever we talked about online was not going to be as powerful right. as what we could say we were in this, when we were in the same room. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's how I was that's, That's how so I was cool. connected to That's you. so funny. I, I really didn't know like the context of that. 
I'll say from my end, which also thank you for everything you of said. Course. You're so sweet. So obviously I've always been a fan like of you and I've like genuinely listened to your music since probably like, gosh, 2019 or something like genuinely <laughs> kid you not. And so kind of when everything was happening with my boyfriend, you guys know, David, um, we had talked about you and I was a genuine fan of you. And so you had followed me and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. And so then obviously I did a deep dive and whatever. And, um, then David saw you and you guys chatted a little bit about me, I believe. Oh, the first thing I brought up, I was like, your girl, like, <laughs> he was like, Nicole, she loves you. Like yeah, she said I the sweetest like, things about you. I was you. like, yes, I'm, I am a David Kushner fan, but I am a huge Nicole fan. Yeah. You <laughs> hear like, that? David? Know, no, I know. Yeah. David. And again, I didn't even know who you were to David. Yeah, I, when right. I, when you came up on my page, it was this completely like independent, you know, I happen yeah. to be an artist. He happens to be an artist, but that wasn't even like, it's so cool that that all like connected. And exactly. Crossed, exactly. Because like we were such big, big fan of you. And then like, he was like, oh, like she said this. I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. That's so sweet. <laughs> and so then we've kind of been like, internet friends and we've like talked a little bit but never like super in depth because I feel the same way like I just knew we would eventually meet up and then you know obviously it's crazy that like this podcast happened and now like we're here it feels so meant to be yeah it all makes sense now but like yeah we've been wanting to do this for a while for a really long time (laughs) literally when I started the podcast guys like the first time I was like okay I do want to have guests on but like what do I what kind of guests do I want to have on? Like, what do I want to do? Cause like, this isn't an interview podcast. Like, obviously I'm going to ask you questions and like, I want to talk about your music and everything, but this is different, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I was like, who are people that I really love and that like make sense and that are going to come on here and like be honest and be vulnerable. And like genuinely not just saying this, like you were one of the first people I talked about. I was like, okay, yeah. Like eventually I want Rosie to come on. Not to mention Rosie has always been the biggest supporter of elephants in the room. You've always encouraged truly, me. Like truly. So sweet. Cause I'm a big fan. No, so sweet. Literally like, since the beginning, she's like, I love elephants in the room. Like you've always just encouraged me with that. I mean, which means it's, the world. it's true. And it's truly genuine. Like I, from the moment you started it, I I said this before, like we started recording, but I was like, I feel like a proud friend watching you make all these moves and following your, pursuing your dreams and following what you love. And then it turning into this, like for me also, I wanted to tell you that I, you know, I've done like podcasts through zoom or online through the internet, but I've never done one in person. And I intentionally waited. I wanted this to be my first one. Cause I just, I knew it was going to be like a perfect first experience. You're actually going to make me cry. That's so sweet. (laughs) So it's true. It's like, I've had, you know, I've had online interviews and all that, but there's something about sitting down physically with someone and like knowing it's a safe space and knowing that hopefully like together we're creating a safe space for people online. Like it's so special to me. And I, and I knew that. And I actually told my manager, I was like, I want elephants in the room to be like my first like in-person experience. This is so cute. (laughs) This is, this is, I'm so happy. This is like literally just the best. And this is going to set the tone for, you know, anyone watching this who's viewing my podcast, like you guys know what I stand for, what I believe in and what matters to me. And like, like you said, it is creating a safe space to Mm -hmm. talk about these things that are scary. It's scary to talk about, you know, the hard things that we go through because we don't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. And I know that people seeing you come on here, someone with a big platform and who's had this success and has this incredible music, like for you to come on here and to be vulnerable and like even be willing to 
just be like a real human and talk. Like it's going to inspire them to be like, okay, like I can talk about these hard things and like, that. you know, it's going to be you okay. Can. If you're yes. watching this, you can, you yes. can. And that's the point of all of this. You you're know? all the little elephants in the room with us. Kids, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. All right. I'll stop spam talking. We'll get more <laughs> into it. So give us a little background on Rosie outside of Rosie as an artist who is just Rosie as a human. Thank you so much for asking. I feel like I haven't been asked that in so long. It's important. Oh, that means so much Because we want to get to know like you as a human. Obviously, we're going to talk about your music, but like who is Rosie? That's such a good question. <laughs> I'm almost, I feel almost unprepared because I'm so used to speaking about Rosie and all caps. Yeah. Like Rosie, the artist. Mm-hmm. Rosie as a human. Well, a couple things. First and foremost, I am a product of my environment and I just grew up with an incredible family and just an incredible support system. And for me, that really shaped me. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up, you know, a little sister and a daughter and a little cousin. And for me, that really turned me into the person I am. Like, Mm -hmm. like I learned so much about kindness from my mom and about hard work from my dad and about, you know, sticking up for yourself and who you are from my brother. And I just, I just think I am a complete makeup of the people around me, specifically Mm -hmm. my family. And so that is true as an artist too, but specifically as a human, I, I find that I'm still learning so much. Like I'm 23. Mm -hmm. So I know who I am. I know what I stand for. Right. Right. I know my morals. I know that over everything, it's important to me to be a good human and to be kind Mm -hmm. and to be empathetic. Um, but Rosie outside of music is quiet, is really introverted, loves nature, like loves anything outdoors, anything I love that. active, anything silent. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not a coincidence that music is loud and, you know, you yeah, have that's to be very interesting. vocal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm learning that. But mm-hmm. I grew up an athlete and that was like my big. Really? Yeah. What sports did you play? So I started in soccer Oh my gosh, I played soccer too. There you go. Of course, there it is. There it is. The the bond, the bond is always real if you start playing soccer. Right. Um, And I got really into track and field and running and then rock climbing. Like it was such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And so Rosie outside of music, I'd like to say, like, I like to think like my alter ego is this like sporty, like nature-y, we call them, I call it a granola girl. Like my alter ego is granola girl. Yeah, like you could catch me like living off the grid, yep. like, you know, those people mm-hmm. who are like, I eat the papaya that I picked yeah, from my garden like, this morning. I live in my van and yeah. have my little garden. Like that, what I tell you in another life, maybe it was my past mm-hmm. life, my future life, like that, there is a part of me that's that, you I know? Feel this, that's so funny. I feel yeah. the same way. Like traveling the world yes. and just in like, you know, oh, also I, I'd like to think I'd be very like sustainable and like environmentally mm-hmm. friendly things that, you know, when you're an artist or you're in some type of entertainment, there's a lot of traveling involved. And so, so like, it's more difficult. so like Rosie outside of music is very conscious of her carbon footprint yes, and conscious yes. of the, of the environment, you know, like, I love, but that. I would say more than anything, what's most important is that like Rosie outside of music is the same as Rosie who's in music in the mm-hmm. way that I just, I, I want to make the world a better place while I'm here. 
Right. Right. Whether that's through music or whether that's through conversation or through whatever. Right. And that's, that is the one thing, you know, Rosie and all artists, like Rosie and all caps, the artist versus Rosie, the person, there are many differences, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of similarities. And I just say like the biggest similarity is that like, we just really are trying to do good. You know, we that's just want to do good. Yeah. That's, that was such an incredible answer, by the way. It's just funny because I've asked a lot of people that and not even just on the podcast, but in general, but like, I've actually never heard an answer like that. Like, I love how you, you have such a humbleness to you to kind of give credit to the people around you to be like, oh, like this person helped me learn this and this person helped me learn that. Like, I think we all like to kind of build ourselves up and present ourselves of like, I did this and I did that and I'm this Mm -hmm. way because of this. But it's like, it's really cool when you can be like, you know, this helped me be this way and this helped me be this way and this person. So that's really beautiful that that you said that. It really is true though. Like I'm, anything I am is because of who I've been around, whether that's a positive or a negative, right? Right. Like anything I am is from the lessons I've learned from the people around me. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm in that way, I am really proud to be me because I know that I've been created by so many other people and by so many, you know? And so I'd like to think that I have a lot of little people, like as part of me. The thing about you is like, I genuinely believe you when you look at me and you're like, if I wasn't doing music, I would be doing something in the same aspect of like helping the world and being vulnerable. Like I know if you weren't doing music, maybe you do this or maybe you do something or maybe in your everyday life. Like, um, and I think sometimes there's a lot of people who see, you know, artists and see that world and they Mm. want things for the wrong reasons. They have ulterior motives and it's, it's Mm. the money and it's the fame and it's the status. And so music, that's a sad thing is at its core, it's such a real raw thing that helps others. Mm. So people try to copy. They're like, oh, I'm going to make really sad songs that sound like this. And I'm going to like say this gut-wrenching thing that's going to make this person feel this way, but they really don't care or Mm. feel those ways or have experienced those things. And it's not from like a genuine place, Mm. you know, and obviously a part of songwriting is like pulling on other people's emotions in different scenarios. Like David does that all the time. He's like, Oh, he, he comes up kind of with the concept in his head of like someone. And then he kind of writes from their perspective. Mm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think that there's just like an intentionality thing. And like, what I will say is like, for anyone watching this, like 1000% 1000% Rosie, you would be doing something Thank in the you. same exact field, just different. I you appreciate know? that. Yeah. And I can get more into detail about how I found myself here, but it's funny because before I, I knew that I wanted to be a musician professionally and as mm-hmm. a human, like now I am music, like it's my entire identity. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to go into a helping perfect, like profession. And it took me 21 years of life to recognize that music is a helping profession. And I was so convinced I need to go into nursing. Mm -hmm. I need to go into, um, psychology. I want to be a therapist. I want to be a counselor. You know, I had all these ideas of helping. Right. And it took me so long to recognize like music and being an artist specifically and having a platform is such a helping profession. You know, you do it right. And like, I, I, I'm so sorry to my younger self that I like convinced her that if I was in music, I, I couldn't be a helper. Like I had to pick one or the other, Right. you know, it took so long, but like now I get it. I'm glad though, because like the amount of people that you've helped, like that is just, and and I mean, I don't even think you probably even understand the power of the weight of that. Cause like it it, seriously, like it, it really does mean a lot to people. I mean, I think even as like a consumer of music, like Music has gotten me through literally the hardest mm-hmm. times in my life. Literally, yeah. Like it is the most it therapeutic saves thing. lives. It, it literally, literally saves does. Lives. Like yeah. 
I don't know what we would all do. Like if we mm-hmm. went through a heartbreak and didn't have a heartbreak song to listen to, like what Literally. would we do? Or just loss in general, you yes. know, like it's, it's, oh my gosh. It's just, it's the way to me it's, it says sometimes it, music says what we don't know how to say. Yes. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's such a cool way, kind of what we're doing here of like, mm-hmm you're not alone. When someone hears a song and they can relate to it, they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going through this with this person, Mm -hmm. you know, or however many people. And so it's just this sense of feeling like accepted and like there's a community. I don't know. There's just something about it, but like music's just, oh my gosh, it's like one of the most powerful things in the world. It is. And it's interesting you bring up just about musicians and artists intentions and kind of like where they're coming from and Mm -hmm. why they want to do what they want to do. I, I can't speak for anyone else. And I know everyone has their own journey within music. But for me, being a musician is like the most humbling job ever. 100%. Because you think about, for me, like you think about how much of it truly is out of your control. Like when creativity strikes, when the algorithm randomly hits and suddenly millions of people see your music, when you write something that makes you feel better. And then suddenly it's helping thousands of other people. Like so much of this industry, just in my own eyes is, is humility and like Mm -hmm. gratitude because I'm, I'm, I'm like, yes, I work hard. Mm -hmm. I work my freaking butt off, but like, (laughs) and I'm not taking, you know, I'm not taking away from my own work, but so much of it is timing and luck as well. Right. And I just, it's so humbling waking up every day and being an artist because you never know what's in the cards. Right. You know? Yeah. It's definitely like, like a lack of security. Like it's, yes. it's very mm-hmm. much just, you just go. And then mm-hmm. it's like it, but, but I think you can tell, like, as you say, like, it's a, it's a humbling thing. I agree, but you can see through artists. At least I feel like I oh, can. Like absolutely. when I see an artist who's not very genuine and like, isn't, doing it for the right reasons yeah. and is trying so hard to just be something. Yeah. You can tell. And That's you know, really there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to be a business person and Absolutely. have success within what you're doing. But I just think that finding people like you is rare. And so I think that there's not a ton of people in this space that have had the success that you've had that like really, really are just genuine humans who like actually really want to help people. So it's special. Everything you just said, just like redirected back to you're you. So like, I just like need to, <laughs> so I need you to recognize. No, like, you're so I sweet. hope you're saying it to you as much as you are saying it to thank me. You. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Because it's really true. Well, thank you. Okay. So let's kind of deep dive a little bit. Absolutely. Talk to me about your childhood. Like, what was that like? Such a good question. <laughs> I had a very unique adolescent life <laughs> because... And this is something I haven't actually opened up about yet. And I I talked to my manager about this on the way here. I was like, I think, I think this is the time. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I had, like I said, an incredible family, an incredible support system. I was so fortunate in so many ways. And when I was 15, my life completely changed and I did a complete, my life 180, Mm -hmm. 360, let's be honest. Like just, I had a close friend of mine pass away in -hmm. front of me when I was 15. And that really changes your life. You know, like that changes your perspective on life. Mm -hmm. And from growing up being so 
fortunate and so filled with so much love Mm -hmm. and having an amazing community to just watching someone have a brain aneurysm in front of you. Oh my goodness. For no logical reason, right? There's no logic behind it. It's just like, this is life. This is death. And so being exposed to death and like witnessing death and seeing it in front of me absolutely changed my life and changed the rest of my life and how I grew up. So like, you know, ages zero to 15 felt very traditional Mm -hmm. and felt very wonderful. And then starting at age 15, it was like everything changed for me. Wow. And so I was also in a foreign country when it happened and I was away from my parents. I was away from the people that were my support system. So I, I experienced, I went through a lot of it by myself. Mm -hmm. And when I got back to the U S when I got back to the States, I did not realize like how much change and like how much work was about to have to happen. Yeah. And so being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder when you're 15, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, what is that? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And it's different for everyone. There's different levels. There's different, um, yeah, there's different levels of severity and intensity. But for me, it just took over my life. It was like, I would see an ambulance or I would see the color purple or green or smell lavender, certain things. And Mm -hmm. I would just be like brought right back into the moment. Oh my goodness. And so starting when I was 15, I went into different forms of treatment. I tried, I mean, like any, any type you can imagine, whether it's light therapy or trauma release exercises or, or like traditional cognitive behavioral therapy. I went through all of it because mm-hmm. one thing about me is I'm extremely stubborn in the way that like, I don't want to be the reason I get in the way of myself. Like I don't want to be the reason. And so feeling this like weight and not understanding these problems, what what was going on with me, it really got to me. And so as I knew, as soon as I got back, I was like, I need to get in therapy. I need to figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it was difficult. You know, it, it really hurt. And that was the first time I started using music to write about how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I'd write these songs about losing someone and how it was breaking my heart. And I'd have all these older people come up to me and be like, you don't know anything about heartbreak. Well, you're 15. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you writing about heartbreak? And I was like, it's not what you think. Like, like, it is heartbreak and it is loss and you don't, you know. And so people saw it and they heard it and were like, oh, that hurts. But they were like, why? Like, mm-hmm. what, how are you able to write about this? And it mm-hmm. wasn't something I really opened up about. So not many people like knew that I had, you know, lost someone and I had watched someone pass. Mm-hmm. And so writing was my outlet. Like right. writing was my way of talking about my feelings. And as I continued to learn and grow and heal, I started realizing that there were certain things that have happened and and certain parts of me that will truly never be the same Mm -hmm. since then. But also the positive is that there are certain parts of me that will never be the same. Right. And I have learned so much. And Mm so when I, you know, turned to maybe like 17, 18, I started to recognize the beauty in impermanence and 
for so many years, it was like, oh my God, I could wake up tomorrow and die. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, shortly after my friend died, my dad had a heart attack and then oh I know I need open heart surgery. And just like, it was so much fear. It was like one thing after another. Mm-hmm. And at some point that fear turned into gratitude. Mm-hmm. And now I wake up and it's like, oh my goodness, life is short. How amazing is that? Yeah. That life is short and that I get to do what I love, mm-hmm. right? That I get to work. And I mean, like I will work so hard for what I want. Like mm-hmm. I will do, I will put in whatever it takes because I understand that I could wake up tomorrow yeah. and have a brain aneurysm. Right. And if I do, at least I can say I put everything into this lifetime, mm-hmm. like literally everything I have into this career. Yeah. And so, yes, yes. There are parts of me, wow. <laughs> there are parts of me that are still damaged. And like, there yeah. are parts of me that are always going to be really sensitive. This is something I learned and being sensitive is a superpower. Again, I, I didn't get that at first. It was Mm -hmm. really hard for me, but there are parts of me that'll always be different. And I'm okay with that because I know it like makes me, me. Right. But at the end of the day, one of the reasons I believe one of the biggest reasons I am here and I'm so grateful to be here and so lucky and so fortunate to be a musician is that I've seen death. Mm-hmm. So I understand the relationship between death and life. And I understand how fragile life is. Mm-hmm. And I understand how fleeting it can be at any moment. Right. And so sometimes I think about like when I'm going to bed, like, okay, let's say my life ended tomorrow. Um, would I be happy with what I've accomplished on earth? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then I know I'm on the right path still. Mm -hmm. And it has been, yes. You know, I get to go to bed and I think, wow, okay. Today I did my best to create music, which I know is going to hopefully help people and hopefully makes people feel less alone, like the way I felt. Mm -hmm. And especially with loss, right? Loss is such a huge theme in my music. Mm -hmm. Now you know why. Like it's it's a really big uh, pattern that stays very prevalent in all of my music. And- that was a very long winded answer, but that's kind of my reasoning and, and my relationship to growing up is wow. like, I had no experience growing up and then mm-hmm. I immediately had to grow up and then it like yeah. all changed. Wow. Yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm like stories like that. Like they really like, I, I mean, I'm just, obviously I'm moved and mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for asking. Comfortable. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's incredible. And I, I have so many things to say, but you know, I'll start by saying like, I loved what you said about, you know, it'll never maybe not affect you. And mm-hmm. and I remember I heard this, um, it's like this metaphor. Someone once told me, and I always remember it. They were talking about how pain, when we go through like these really traumatic experiences, mm-hmm. pain never goes away. Like it never goes away. It's like a ball that you put in a box. The box just gets bigger. Mm-hmm. So it hits less amount of times. <gasps> so like, it's still gonna hit, yeah. you're still gonna feel that pain but it's not going to be hitting as yeah. much as it was like in the small box. So, like your yeah. box gets bigger over time. <gasps> I love I that. And someone told me that once and I was like, okay, that's like, I, I've sense. been, I've been told like, 
the pain doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's still, I don't know. I think that's kind of a misconception of like even healing. I feel like, like mm-hmm. people think like, oh, when I heal from this, like it's, it's not going to affect me at all. I'm never going to think about it. And it's like, no, you are, <laughs> you're yeah. just, like you said, you're going to be stronger and you're going to have more peace and acceptance mm-hmm. for it where it may still hurt and it may still trigger you. And you know, that wound and, and sore may always be there, but it's like, it's, it's not going to hurt as much. Exactly. You know? Or in a different way. In a different way. Yeah. yeah. Like you can have a different, like a fresh wound always hurts worse than right. one that's like a little bit, you know, and it does up. heal, you know, and healing. Yeah. Such we talk about that later, but such a yeah. big it's such a big theme in my life right now. Mm-hmm. And like it's really, it really is true. Like we're all living proof that it, everything it that has ever happened to us, we've survived. Yes, one hundred percent. I mean, we're here, right? But I love that you said that, and also like, like I said, thank you so much for sharing that. And I just my heart goes out to you. That's you. so traumatic. I can't even imagine, and it makes so much sense that you at such a young age after experiencing something that traumatic Mm. were able to translate that into, you know, what you do in your music. And it's funny, you said like, you know, I relate a lot of what I do to that experience. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way all the time. Like I was saying this with the last guest we had, I'm like, sorry, like I always bring up my divorce, but like, that was such a traumatic experience for Mm -hmm. me that like, a lot of the lessons I've learned and a lot of the things that I've experienced, like relate back to that wound. Absolutely. And so it's like something that big that you go through, whatever it is, like it can be manifested and like come out in so many ways. So many different ways. And you're like, wait, so many different it, it really can shape a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I just, I love that you said that. And I think that that's so powerful. And I, I'm just moved. I'm like kind of shaken up because that's mm. just like a heavy thing. So I, I'm sorry. I should have no, like warned no, you. No, no, no. Your oh discretion. Like, no, it, it's good. Like that's what, you know, the human emotion is. And that's what's mm. so powerful about sharing these mm-hmm. stories is like, I almost feel like when you're able to like talk about those things that really matter, you know, cause we yeah. get so caught up in like the things that don't matter. Exactly. And then when you share that story and then you also share your perspective on, um, gratitude, I was mm. like, wow, I needed to hear that. Like, it's so easy to look at your circumstances or mm-hmm. look at hard things that you've been through and like be anxious, anxious about it. Like I'm such an anxious person. That's what I struggle with the most. <laughs> You're like, me like my anxiety, it's, it's never it's so ending. Yeah. I want to th- think through every single thing, 10 mm-hmm. billion times. And I get the same outcome mm-hmm. every time. Yep. But just thinking in the sense of like accepting that life you know, is fragile. And like, we could not be here tomorrow. There's no promises. There's no guarantees. Mm -hmm. And instead of living in fear, living in the gratitude of like, okay, but I'm here right now. And that's not to say like, I don't wake up some days. I'm like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's not to say that at all because I like every other human have those days all the time. Right. It's not like I'm this like woke, like being who just, no, like there's none of that. I'm just saying that, you know, when it comes right to, when it comes to the way that I grew up, that was a really pivotal moment for me. And I, and I do really try to live every day, not like it's my last, but live every day. Like if it were right, I would be really proud of who I am and like how far I've come, you know, like totally. I could go to sleep feeling like I was like a good human and trying to do good yeah. in the world. No, that's know? incredible. That's, that's just a cool perspective though. Even, Thank and you. I love that you said like, you know, I still struggle because it's like, I think sometimes All the it's time. every day. Yeah. Every, every day. day. <laughs> it's easy to like yeah. find things that help some of our mental health struggles mm-hmm. or find, you know, certain practices that we're like, okay, this makes it better. But I think it's so important to still focus and be like, 
just because, and I always try to preface this with my audience. Like when I talk about things like, you know, my episodes are usually focused on like my experience Mm -hmm. ways or things that help me, you know, and how to get through it. But Mm -hmm. one thing I always, I'm like, just because I'm saying this doesn't mean I know because I I still struggle. Exactly. I'm just sharing with you my experience and maybe some things that kind of help, but like, I'm no expert here, you know? And I'm also like, it's a lot, there's something about saying, Hey, I'm here. And like, I'm struggling right now rather Mm -hmm. than like, Oh, I'm going to talk about anxiety and how like I used to be anxious or I was depressed or I was, it's like, no being like, okay, I am still anxious. You're still sometimes. the human person. Like you're, yeah. you're still the same person, you know, right. like your bones, you still have the same bones. Yeah. Like I think something that also really helped my perspective. And I don't know if this is something anyone else needs to hear, but something I learned just something I feel is, and it's my own personal opinion and not, not everyone has to agree, but loss is loss is loss is loss. And you know, like I've heard so much about like from you online about your relationship with your parents and everything you've been through. Mm -hmm. And I've heard stories from people, fans come up to me and tell me their experience with loss. Mm -hmm. And I've had my own loss and I've watched my parents experience loss. And there is each individual experience is so different and so extremely painful. And I would never take that away from anyone because each experience is so different. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that all of it has in common is that it hurts And it feels lonely, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Like I've never met someone who's like, I'm struggling, but you know, I feel really not alone. It's like when you're struggling, I don't, and again, this is just my experience, but like when you're struggling, the thing I hear most is what's hard about it is feeling like you're the only one. Mm -hmm. And you know, I have not lived your life and I, I hold so much space in my heart for you and everything you've been through. And I don't even know half of it. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, from what I've learned, but it's like, but what I do know is that that is something all humans go through is loss in some capacity, in some way or struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Struggle. And that is so powerful because I think it's a, it's a really great, what's the word? Like Like, kind of meeting ground for us. It's like, that's what really brings us together. Exactly. And I feel so fortunate that what I do and what you do too, is like, Mm -hmm. we, we, especially try to bring people together who yeah. have this human humanity, humanness. Well, about we have them, this longing know? for like community and feeling right, exactly. heard and like understood. And, and I love what you said. And I, I literally talked about this in one of my other episodes of like not comparing because mm-hmm. like we all go through such different exactly. things, exactly. but at the core, like you're saying it's loss and it's struggle. Right. And we all feel that way. Mm-hmm. And like, I was, I was talking about this with someone the other day. I can't remember who it was, but for example, like obviously my childhood was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, drug addict parents, yeah. all the things. And then I got divorced and that was like really traumatic. And there's details I haven't even shared with, you know, the world. Yeah, absolutely. And that was all so hard. And now it's like, I'm in this situation where, you know, I have this successful, cute boyfriend and Mm. I quit my job and I'm pursuing my dream. And like, and you know, I'm very much healed from what I've been through, but like, I would say I struggle just as much as I did back then. And my circumstances are different. And so like, I just, for anyone who's watching this, like don't invalidate your struggles. Exactly. Like just because someone looked different than yours, like you Mm -hmm. said, at the core, like we're all feeling loneliness. We're all feeling struggle. We're all feeling loss in different ways. And I think it's so, it's so just terrible to look at other people and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I could have it worse or, oh, I have it worse than others. Like we shouldn't do that. And I literally did that the other day. Like I'm, I, I was, 
talking to someone and I straight up crying. I was like, I was like, I don't feel like I can talk about my problems right now because what you're going through is so much worse. Mm -hmm. And they were like, why? What? Yeah. Who, that is, who gave you who gave the rule yeah, book of like, who we said can't. that because of what I'm going through, you can't be going through something too. Right. You know? Yeah. So again, I'm all about validating feelings, but I'm also like, Hey, just so you know, I do that too. Like, yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. I literally, well, it, it's the easy other to do day. It. Yeah. The it's other easy. day I was like, these aren't real problems. <laughs> no, literally. Well, yeah. I felt that way. Even like, you know, as of recently, like since mm -hmm. my podcast has began, I feel like when it started, my life was in a lot rougher spot. Mm -hmm. And now like, I've just seen so much blessing in my yeah. life. And so it's kind of hard to get on here and be like, guys, I'm struggling. They're like, yeah, screw her. Like, mm -hmm. what is she talking about? Like her life's easy now. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, let's not like pretend like there's not things that go on behind the scenes and being in the public eye, you understand this, which I'm on it in it on a low capacity, but like being in the public eye to any capacity it's really hard because people idealize you. Mm -hmm. They idealize your relationships. They mm -hmm. think that things are what they're not. Right. And it's right. like, that's another one of my biggest goals, especially with bringing on artists and people like you is to humanize the people that or the people that the world yeah. dehumanizes and we Absolutely. idolize them and we make them like something that they're not. And it's like, yeah, you guys are real people with real problems and like yeah. real struggles. Yeah. Like your lives are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a lot of goodness and blessing that comes with being an artist, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of hard stuff that people don't know about. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously I can't speak like I'm the artist, but from seeing, you know, my significant other go through things, it's like, mm -hmm. I always tell him, I'm like, couldn't be me. Like, yeah. I'm happy for you, but like, I, I don't yeah. think I could do it. I genuinely yeah. do not think I would be strong enough. Mm -hmm to be in that position. Yeah. You know, so it's Absolutely. like, I just think I mean, it's so we, important. We, as artists, we all appreciate that. No, gen no genuinely. Yeah, so much. Well, and it's easy to look at people and be like, oh, you know, they're famous or they're successful. Or mm. They have money. Like they can't talk about their struggles or like, they, you know, they have yeah. it easy. Like it's just, and it's just not fair to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like the big goal and like message behind what I feel like both of us are trying to do is like, mm -hmm we're all the same. We're all just humans. We're all just here having this human experience. And like, we just need to like support each other and not yeah. be constantly like going against each other. And I right. feel like when we idealize people, that's what we do. Yeah. You oh, know, absolutely. Like, we shouldn't do that. And, and I understand too, for me, like it's, it's, I understand it's not that simple, you know, like I understand how complicated, how complex life is, how complex right. humans are. There's almost 8 billion of us now. It's like crazy. I understand it's not that easy. But what I do understand is that in my life, it is that easy mm -hmm. to, for me personally, I have the privilege that if I see someone and I think I, I feel differently than them, or I feel like we're, there's a disagreement or I feel ill towards them. I have the privilege to be like, they must be hurting. Like right. me, personally, I can't control anyone else's actions. I don't know what anyone else is up to, right. but I agree. Like when I meet you, us coming together, I know we're on the same page because we well, here we are, right? Yeah, like we yeah. made it this far. Right. And, I, and I know it's not like that for everyone. And I, mm -hmm. and I feel so privileged that I can be here and I can have that mindset. Yeah. But I agree with you and I feel the same in my life. Mm -hmm. It's like, come on, come on. Yeah. Like, it's just when it is that simple in my yeah. life, it's like, it is that simple. If this, you know, if, if there is some darkness, some sadness, some whatever you want to call it for me, I, 
I will always do my best to try to understand where it's coming from. What, what's the, source, the core of it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is a whole, see, I just knew this was going to go like this. Cause we just like are the same, but that's a whole nother conversation that I think is so important is like, I think as humans, we need to walk with more empathy, which is mm-hmm. something, again, I'm not perfect at. It's something mm-hmm. I need to practice because yeah. it's so easy to get impatient with people. Absolutely. It's so easy to see something that someone is doing and being like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. That's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whether it's hurting you or someone else. And so it's like, I just think that in the, in the grand scheme of things, like you're saying, 99% of the things we do every single day stem from something. Oh, Like there is a source, whether it's hurt, Mm -hmm. like there's something that's in us that makes us do the things that we do. Absolutely. And I didn't even really realize that until I grew up and started going to therapy. I was like, oh my gosh, like even the littlest things I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I do this because of this. I do that because of this. Like what? And some of it's even generational. Some of it actually has nothing to do with you, but who you come from. 100%. And then you're like, Oh my gosh. And then when you realize that you have mm-hmm. a lot more empathy for others, cause you're Absolutely. like, okay, like maybe they're doing this or this, but they were probably hurt. I mean the saying like hurt people, hurt people. Like yeah. it's oh, true. Gosh, I have not heard that. that. I mean, oh my gosh, that is like, <laughs> yeah, I swear like the, that, that the line so of my life. And yeah. like, that's also something that helps you extend a lot of grace to the people who do mm-hmm. hurt you is like understanding it's not about you. Like if someone mm-hmm. really goes out of their way and like, you know, in a relationship or whatever, you get treated really poorly. Like I never used to believe people when they said this, but like, it's really not about you. It's not like, it's about them. And it's about something in them, whether it's a hurt, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, maybe a selfish desire, whatever. There's something that's in someone. And like, truthfully in relationships, I don't even think like, yes, I think if you love someone, you're going to go out of your way to like do good for them. But I think if two people are in a relationship, if they both don't have good character, yeah. it doesn't matter how much you love someone. Mm-mm. If you're not a good person on the inside, yeah. or if you have something going on in the side of you that you haven't healed, it's going to bleed on to what you're doing. Yeah. And I think also something now that I'm thinking about that you said this statement, the songwriter in me is like formulating, um, <laughs> the wheels, wheels are turning. When you think about it, when you think about it, I think it applies to almost every, <laughs> such a random statement. It applies to everything. Like hurt people, hurt, loved people, love, hated people, hate, you know, like people who have been like despised, like then they end up, we do what we know. We do what we know. And, and the bright side of that is at least for me, where I'm at, I feel like healed people heal. That's you know, right. Healing people then have the ability to heal. And something my right. mom is a counselor and growing up, she said, Oh, she is. She is yeah. Wow. And growing up, this is something I struggled with so much where when I was going through all of this, um, in my high school, I had this tendency to run away from my problems by helping others. Mm-hmm. And although it was like a valiant attempt, it really just ended up hurting me because I couldn't help myself. And that right. was my way. I was, it was avoidant behavior. I was avoiding mm-hmm. my own, my own healing that needed to be done and my own helping that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And my whole life, my mom would say, Rosie, you got to help yourself before you help others. Mm-hmm. You got to help. And I was like, no, helping others helps myself. Mm-hmm. And she was like, honey, like, listen, she was like, I <laughs> she's hear like, you. You're going to learn. Yeah, she's like, I hear you. But she's like, if you are not helped, how are you supposed to help? Right. If you are not healed or healing, how are you supposed to go out and help heal? 100%. You know? And now that's something I 
am conscious of all the time. Because again, like you said, like when someone's mean, I'm like, wow, someone must have been really mean to them. Right. You know, I'm like, like no, that, absolutely. That's immediately how I think because it's just a direct effect. Like who you are is a direct deflection of how people have treated you or who you've 100%. been to other people. Yeah, no, I... I love everything you said. I just feel like we agree so much. I know. I feel like we're sisters. No, it's, it's, that's just, that's so powerful too, that your mom's a therapist. I had no idea that that's like really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, this stuff is so crazy because this stuff just isn't really talked about. Mm -hmm. It is, but I feel like there's a pride of like, oh, I know better or whatever. And it's like, these are coming from two people who have been really hurt and have Mm -hmm. been broken Mm -hmm. and have like had to really pick themselves back up. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, it's just not, yeah, it's just, it's just not as simple as like, like you said, it's always deeper. There's always some deeper reason. And, you know, if you can get to the core of that, you can, you know, have empathy for others, but also, like you said, taking care of you. Mm -hmm. I used to think the same thing. And like, you guys know I'm a believer. And so it's always like this idea of like, oh, I have to be like Christ. Like, like I have yeah, to be like absolutely. Jesus and love people. Yeah. And that's true. I believe yeah. that. But my perspective really changed on that when I started going to therapy and I would like take my little Bible into therapy and like talk mm. to my therapist. And, you know, this, like the second commandment, you know, for anyone who does believe, obviously everyone believes different things, but absolutely. is, um, it's love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I'm now actually reading this differently. If I love others, like I love myself and I don't love myself, I'm not, how are you going to love others? Yeah. I'm like, wait. And so the principle of like, you know, treat people how you want to be treated or like love others, like Mm -hmm. yourself, Mm -hmm. even just that statement. It's like, when you think about it, you're like, if I'm only extending love to others, if I'm only extending grace to others, it's not going to be from a genuine place. And Mm -hmm. it's not going to be like really true because if I can't even do that for myself, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? 100%. And so yeah. when I started to see that, I was like, oh dang, like maybe I actually do need to kind of be nice to myself and like kind of take care of myself. And you know, the typical saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. I was going to say, hey, you, words you know, that's like a, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very true. And mm-hmm. I think that when you're giving to people constantly and you're not taking care of yourself, it's like, there's a sense of bitterness that can come Mm -hmm. from that. Cause when you're giving, 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 and you're so like just dry and you have nothing, there's a kind of a resentment in, Mm -hmm. in the giving, but when it's the other way around and you have that, it's like, you can give from such a gracious place and like give, give, give give. more. Yeah. You can give more. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing. That's the other thing too. There's nothing selfish about helping yourself and taking care of yourself. That's something I just feel like I should repeat that. There's nothing selfish about helping yourself, you know, about yes. taking care of yourself. 100%. And that took me a long time. I agree. I mean, I'm still figuring out. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, like all the time. It's, it's difficult, but you're so right. And it's not, it's not talked about. And it's also like, I think people get it twisted in the sense of like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? It's not, right. it's not right. this big, deep thing. I feel like it's literally just self-care. Mm-hmm. So important. Mm-hmm and self-validation and yeah. then taking the time to like process your emotions. And like, if you feel a certain way or your body gets triggered or something happened, it's like honoring your body and mm-hmm. being like, okay, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Exactly. Let me like address it and think about it. It's not like when we say like, oh, you need to like take care of yourself first. Like yeah, yeah. you're never going to have it all figured out and you're never no. going to be like, okay, all the time. Yeah. But it's just like the general sense of like, as you like, if you saw a friend hurting, like if I was sitting here crying to you and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I went through this hard thing. You would comfort me. Exactly. Like you would validate exactly. me. You yeah. would do these things. And so it's like, 
you don't need to have it all figured out and you're not going to be okay 100% of the time. But if you can treat yourself how you would treat someone you love when you struggle. Mm -hmm. See, okay, this is really interesting because not everyone, this is what I realized because growing up, the phrase was always treat others how you want to be treated Mm -hmm. or treat others how you treat yourself. And as someone who spent a very long time not treating herself very kindly, Mm -hmm. I really, I personally had to flip the phrase and be like, treat yourself how you treat others, Mm -hmm. you know? Because- if I treated others how I treated myself, I'd be like the worst person. You wouldn't treat them I'm again. So, yeah. I wouldn't ever. I was, I was so mean, mm-hmm. so mean to myself in yeah. so many ways. I like, I can't even begin. Like I just was so unkind. Right. And for some people, you really, you got to flip that phrase. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. That's yeah. great. So yeah. you said treat people or treat yourself how you treat, treat others because treat, I yes. was so much more considerate of other people's feelings and needs yeah. than my own. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, like wait, I got to care about me Because too. I always was taught the opposite growing up, right. you know, like treat others how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes. I actually, that's, that's a good switch keep up right it. there. Yeah. Keep it. You need to say that one more time. Okay. Say the, say the saying. Okay. <laughs> My dyslexic self is like about You're to like, botch wait, it. Um, instead of thinking about it like treating others how you want to be treated, think about treating yourself the way you treat others. Yes. 100%. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. I love For that. For those people who are really hard on themselves, yeah. which yeah. I know. Which is most of us. <laughs> I would yeah. think I don't, <laughs> yeah. if you're not hard on yourself, let me know your secret. Yeah, please. I'm like, please enlighten me. me, please. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, this is so good. Um, okay. We'll get back to some of these. You kind of already talked about this a little bit, but maybe can you dive a little deeper into like going through that experience? Obviously there's PTSD that comes from mm-hmm. that mental health struggles. Like what was that like for you? How did you like even start to understand what was happening and like, how did it really affect you coming from like kind of living a good life for Mm -hmm. 15 years and then having that? And when were you like, Oh wait, like I'm struggling with my mental health or I have these things. Like, how was that? I guess if you're comfortable. Yeah. 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 It, like I said, for me personally, because it was such a big transition all at once, like one big thing, it was so circumstantial it was like total whiplash. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. And like, you know, I, I've i always been an anxious person. My mom jokes like, you were an anxious baby. Like you were never not anxious. That's mm-hmm. something I just know about myself. You know, and I've, I've never not had some type of sadness in me, whether it's like depression or just general right. sadness. Like, so those are two things about me I've always felt and always known. But then when you throw post-traumatic stress disorder into it all and yeah. recovering from trauma, it was, it was very whiplash. It was mm-hmm. like, my entire life felt different. Mm-hmm. And, and you're so young, 15, that's 15 such is, a young age. Yeah. That's my therapist said to me when she was like, there's never a good age to watch someone die, let alone when you're 15. Right. She's like, you just need to like recognize that. Mm-hmm. And so my, like I said, you know, my, my perspective changed, but I would say the only reason, again, the only reason I got through everything is because of my ability to reach out when I needed help and to have people around me who had me get help when I didn't know I needed it. And so as miserable as it wasn't as difficult as it was, I made it through because of my support systems and because of the people in my life who, who 
they didn't I'm not saying they made it better but they alleviated the pain a little yeah. bit you know no, that totally like, makes sense they were able to you know put the bandage on when it was bleeding yeah. and was like okay we're here we right. had this for you you know whether it was my best friend who's my best friend my whole life or my parents or therapist or whoever it was I, I remember my my class I grew up in a pretty small school and my class wrote me a letter right after my dad had his um his heart complications and they were just like we're all here for you and like just reading that being like they are all mm-hmm. here for me like they were literally there they were yeah. there they gave me the note it was like which thank you to my class yes, that was very so nice sweet. but like it 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 I don't know if that totally answered your question no, but no that did it really it really did deeply affect me but I, again I I I truly believe a that's why I became a musician and an Mm -hmm. artist is because I found a way to channel that in a way where I felt understood and not alone which was like writing music right and b it taught me the importance of community and the importance of support and reaching out having others around you that you feel you can depend on Mm -hmm. not feeling alone yeah and having an outlet which kind of leads me to my next question so like that's kind of what got you into songwriting. But yeah, like, what yeah. was that experience like? When did, did you always love music? Did you always write? Like, what was that journey like? Yes. I grew up very musically inclined is what I call it because my whole entire family are music lovers, are musicians, wow. have loved, not, un, not necessarily career wise. Some right. are, but just that they've all loved music. My extended family too. And my great, my great, grandmother played violin my grandmother and grandfather played piano my dad played bass my mom liked to sing my Mm -hmm. grandpa on the other side liked to sing so everyone was musical and so it wasn't like some random epiphany where I like woke up one day and was like music is gonna change my life it was like it was always ingrained in me Mm -hmm. it was always ingrained in me generationally it had been something that my family had loved my bloodline like had absolutely loved and so I always knew I had a connection to it even before 15, even before all the trauma, but I didn't have the confidence or the kindness like to myself Mm -hmm. to ever really try or give it a try on any type of serious level. It was my parents again. It was my family who was like, here's a guitar. Like, this is your guitar. Like this belongs to you and you should play it. Like here's a little microphone. Like if you sing into it, like mm-hmm. you can record yourself. And like, they were so gentle about it too. Yeah. You know, they never like forced anything onto me. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we know you are inclined. It's something you're good at mm-hmm. because just the whole family loves it. We know you are capable and it just took nudging and like gentle, like, Hey, we think maybe, Maybe, you know, you should try learning the piano or we think, you know, you can yeah. sing and play guitar at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, like, you think so? And like, yeah. I've just always been very, like, I had very low confidence and mm-hmm. it took a long time to really build that up. But like when I, this is what I mean. Like my family's the reason I'm here is because like they were the reason I applied to, you know, music and college. They're the reason I had any confidence to post on TikTok. Like my brother was like, you should post on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't have what it takes. He's like, yes, you do. Wow. He was right. So like, again, I, we love him. We, we love Mateo. We absolutely love Mateo. (laughs) Biggest shout out to Mateo. Um, but yeah, so I've always had music in me and I was always encouraged growing up to 
love music and to be around music, which I'm so fortunate. I'm so That's fortunate. amazing. It's like it yeah. was destined to happen eventually. And oh, yeah. everyone around you kind of knew and that. And I'm so, I'm so spiritual and, and with the idea of the universe and the older I get, the more and more I like really believe in the universe mm-hmm. because I'm like, this like, was so predestined. For this. Yeah. this was so predestined. Yeah. No, it's like if, if your family, which your family seems lovely, by the They're way. They're wonderful. But yeah. like the fact that they were all so sweet and encouraging mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. not overbearing no no yeah you know about it and then like slowly it just like came right that's so they just always beautiful. say that they're like we knew <laughs> like we like knew why didn't you, you did. tell me this i spent so <laughs> yeah. many years like suffering over what i was meant yes. to do they were like we did that like, honey. is so like, and you ended up exactly where you were meant to yeah like, yeah that's but, incredible yeah. i love that um amazing okay well that's good yeah i kind of was curious as to like how that started mm-hmm. and like you know, I guess what age did you start songwriting at? Like what age did you pick up a pen and you're like, all right, let yeah. me just go for this. So I began writing when I was 12 because my babysitter taught me three chords on the guitar. Oh, wow. And shout out to who, your babysitter. Alexa, shout out Alexa. <laughs> it was, you know, the song Cooler Than Me by Mike Post. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's so funny. Love what a nostalgic Mike. song. <laughs> and I realized that you could sing and play guitar at the same time. Mm-hmm. And- at 12, you know, writing was, was an outlet, but more of like me discovering who I was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then three years later, starting to write at 15, it was like, Oh, like writing, I'm actually like healing myself and helping myself. But when I was 12, not only was it a hobby, but it was just, it was this source of excitement yeah, and something new something fun. And I still have that childlike excitement about it. Like that's so when I get an idea for a song or like, yeah, it's suddenly 3am. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I just, it started very, very casual. Very cool. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. We're kind of going to change a little bit of what we're talking about, but this is, this is an interesting question. And I feel like you're such a good person to talk too about this but obviously being like in this space in the creative mm-hmm. space and using the internet as like a source of marketing yeah. for what you do which I do the same thing so like to yeah. a certain capacity I understand but especially with something as raw and vulnerable as music and like your art that you make and you like formulate and put together like your heart and soul goes into your songs and I just know that and that's just based on like how you are (laughs) but with that being said how do you deal with the highs and lows of social media dealing with people constantly judging your art I feel like that could be really damaging to your mental health Mm -hmm. and your self-esteem because like you can Mm -hmm. love something and put it out and it doesn't perform the way you want and you're like oh wait like is this not good and so it's this this struggle with like what you know you love and what you're proud of and also balancing like the weight of people's opinions which in the grand scheme of things, obviously we should not care about what other people think, mm-hmm. but I think by nature, we all do a little Absolutely. bit, yeah. you know? So like, how do you deal with that, with the highs and lows? Cause like you do have those big moments, you know, with like, you said yeah. you had, what got 18 million views on TikTok in like a, yeah. what was it like? Like overnight? a couple days. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I woke up with 10 million. Like yeah. that going from that. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like always that the fear. Yeah, yeah. And even David always says, that. he's like, am I ever, am I ever going to make a song as good as this song? Am I, and he, he doubts it so much, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like kind of this fear of like, when you experience those high highs, like the lows, I feel like can feel a lot Very lower. Low. So mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? And like, what has your experience been like with that? First of all, I, you, you're asking this question at such a good time because I feel like I'm currently on one of those feeling like one of those mm-hmm. lows where 
I feel like no matter what I'm doing, it doesn't feel like enough and it's not Mm -hmm. amounting to what I want for myself or what I've achieved in the past. Right. And the thing about highs and lows is that we're looking for that like equilibrium, you know, like we want to find a way to find like a middle ground, which middle ground in the music industry, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 how, you know, like Mm -hmm. my therapist is always like, you need to be comfortable being in in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you need to be comfortable in the middle because Mm. you're, there are highs and there are lows, but there's I also, you need to yes. understand. But for me, if I'm feeling really low about music or my career, it's usually a reflection of something outside of music that has nothing to do with wow. music for me. Because it's like, I literally was writing about this in my journal yesterday. I was like, look around you. Like your life is exactly the same as it was, if not actually better with more accomplishments this week than Mm -hmm. it was last week or the week before. The only thing that's changed is your mindset and your perspective. Mm -hmm. That's what I said to myself. I'm talking to myself right now. And I, I said it to myself. I was like, is the problem what's outside of me and like what's going on really in my life is there anything really wrong or is the problem my perspective Mm. and I think for me specifically the problem is my perspective because it's like if I'm feeling really crappy about who I am as an artist or my streams or my numbers that's a reflection of me feeling insecure about who I am and not trusting in the universe not trusting Mm -hmm. in you know the the general timing of of everything. the world and everything yeah. that's a reflection that something is out of alignment with me mentally wow. i think it has very little to do with music but music is just where we or what we love is where we channel everything we yeah. care about so it's like oh like my streams my this my that but it's like okay 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 strip it back what's really going on right again yeah. it's like peeling back the layers yeah and being like okay what this really is is me doubting myself, me mm-hmm. feeling insecure, me waking up to this morning feeling like I'm not beautiful enough to be an artist or, oh, I'm not successful enough. Or, I don't have the personality. It's like those things truly go so much deeper than music. Those are human feelings. Mm-hmm. And when I start to nurture those and I, sometimes I just have to take a step back from when I'm on a low, I'm like, okay, human first musician second, right? Because it's like being, I can't be a musician if I'm not a human. So if I'm having a low, I'll call my mom. I'll maybe try to schedule in an extra therapy session. Mm -hmm. I'll go to the gym or like do something that makes me feel so good. I know it's about you. Have something sweet. Such a sweet tooth. I I have such (laughs) a sweet tooth. Like have chocolate, bake brownies, you know, like, and a little, a little bit does go a long way, but Mm -hmm. you know, the other thing is, you said, how do you manage the highs and the lows? Because there are highs too. It's the same thing. And it's important to recognize when you're at your highs as well. Like, okay, yes, this feels great. This feels awesome. I just had, you know, I posted something last week and it got like 850,000 views. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this feels so good. And I want to like hold on to this feeling. Right. But I did the same thing I did when I'm at my lows where I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to mm-hmm. call my mom. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm in general. Cause it's like, I know. I know, right? Like when that inevitably comes to an end or, or the cycle, you know, goes back down. Right. It's like, I practice when I was at my best, what I'm going to practice when I'm at my worst so that it's, 
easier to do and more manageable. And that's something there's this book atomic habits. And I don't know if you've read it. It's by James clear. And he basically talks about, he was like doing what he said. He said, What did he say? I'm, I'm going to get this. He said, I've definitely heard of this book. Yeah. He, it's incredible. Just finding like little ways to um, make a big difference in your mm-hmm. life. But, but he said, um, for example, with meditating, he was like, the thing about meditating is you do it on the days where you feel good. So that on the days where you feel bad, it's in you. It's in mm-hmm. you. And you've been doing it this whole time that it mm-hmm. just becomes mess muscle memory. Like it kind of you grounds can sit down. you. It's like you need the things that you need when you're low, you got to practice when you're high mm. because then you'll have them in your system and you'll be able yes. to like, you know, so it's, I guess, again, such a long answer, but like, no, <laughs> you're, you're, Rosie, you're, ta- you're getting me on all my so, more no. passionate subjects. Like that's so powerful. I like, yeah. I, it's cool. Cause I feel like I'm learning so much from you. Thank you. And that's I what I same. love about conversations like these is it's yeah. like, I'm like sitting back here and I literally almost feel like, you know, you feel like a feather and you just like mm-hmm. feel like grounded. Mm-hmm. Like these things you're saying are so powerful and even prevalent in like what I need to hear right now Good, in my I'm life. So and so I'm just grateful for you and your perspective. Thank you. Like, it's, Thank the, you for giving me the space and the opportunity to Oh my gosh, to talk of about course. Them. Like I just, ag- I agree with everything you said and I'm going to take some of that into practice because I think that principle is so true. Like being okay in the middle, but also like accepting the highs and lows and not changing like the safe space mm-hmm. of your routines, your mm-hmm. habits, the things that you do to take care of yourself, maintaining those things, no matter what's going on right. around you is right. what's going to keep you like here. Right. And, you know? and asking yourself again, like, what is this really about? Right. It's what's so important Yeah, because I'm, I'm not failing as an artist, I mean, maybe I'm not doing as well as I want to be doing, or there are things in my career I feel like I'm not reaching or, mm-hmm. the, but that's not the problem. Right. Like I said, the problem was my trust in the universe and my mm-hmm. trust in divine timing and my trust in myself and my incredible team right. and the people around me. It's like, that was, that's what yeah. was off, you know? Yeah. No, we, I mean, we were talking about this the other day. It's like timing is such an interesting thing and like trusting that like, it's so easy to get so anxious Mm -hmm. and especially like being in a structured nine to five my whole life, like Mm -hmm. now like transitioning into like being self-employed. Thank you. Yeah. But it's like, oh my gosh, my anxiety is through the roof all the time. Cause I'm like, well, like what's going to happen? Like Mm -hmm. I want to plan, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, you know, it's like so weird to be in this space where you're like, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to invest time and energy into what I love. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to trust that like, it's going to work out, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's so easy to get anxious amidst everything and also have a lack of gratitude or have a frustration or just confusion. Especially when you've had bad things happen to you. It's like, Oh, well, yeah, like the abandonment issues. Yeah, it's like, well, why? Yeah. Why is this going so well? Like, oh my God, like, oh my God. For the other shoe to drop, like, Rosie. Oh my God. I'm telling you, if you experience that, that is like my whole life. And I didn't even understand the weight of my abandonment Mm -hmm. issues because not even within relationships do Mm -hmm. my abandonment issues play out. They play out in my daily life because when something goes good for me, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. Yep. It's bound to go bad. Like, something bad's going to happen. Or if something, you know, is is working out in Mm -hmm. any seamless way. Like I'm just looking for the downfall and I don't trust that. Mm -hmm. It's just this trust of like, and peace of knowing like things will work out how they're supposed to. And like, there's good and bad, but yeah, I I love what you said. That's, that's so powerful of just like, 
I need to read that book too. Like practicing what you do in your highs because mm-hmm. it kind of is ingrained in you and your lows. And there's like yeah. a sense of peace that comes from that. And I it's guess. all about doing little things. It's because the little things add up, Oh you my know? Gosh, and so when you're feeling low, no, like you like, okay, no one's saying go out and run a half marathon. Like, <laughs> right, right. No, go it's like, like on a 10 minute walk, <laughs> get up, maybe maybe wash your face, maybe wash, you know, like even, yeah. it's like, it's the littlest things. Totally. It's the littlest things because if you try to bite off more than you can chew, you're not gonna, you're not, it's too much. You know, yeah. if you're setting yourself up, that's setting yourself up for failure yeah. versus like, Oh, today I'm going to get out of my bed. Yep. And I'm going to call that a check, you know, yeah. like please anyone read no, this book. Genuinely. Like, yeah. Cause that, it is yeah. so important. I need to read that. It'll, yeah. it'll be on my list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk a little bit about this. I have something written out, but we'll just talk about it. So in your bio, you know, mm-hmm. you even state it, you talk about no filters, no face tune, no makeup, a hundred percent real content. So rare, so rare in this space. What really inspired you? Cause obviously you're very vulnerable with your music and you express yourself and you talk about the things you've gone through, but being your realest, rawest mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. online, <laughs> when people are like, they love to judge also on online, which is a place where everyone is only showing their highlights. Mm-hmm. They're only showing when they look good. They're yeah. only showing when they look put together, you know, all these different things. Like Instagram is literally, we were, me and my manager were talking about this. It is literally like almost the most narcissistic thing to have a page where you just post photos that you look like really good in yeah. wanting praise from others. And obviously that's not everyone's intention. Like mm-hmm. it's fun. You know, it's a way to like journal out your life through pictures. Also like, like pop off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you, do go, your thing. Like, you look great. Yeah, yeah. No, there's like good things about it but it's just interesting that like as children you know Mm -hmm. in our generation we're just like Mm -hmm. told like oh you just post on this app and like make sure you look good and like edit it this way and like you know it's just like it's interesting probably what that does to like our mental health and our self-esteem yeah so obviously you're so the opposite of that and Mm. that's so inspiring to me I noticed so many people what's the core of that like what made you want to go that route and just be so just like stripped down of everything Mm -hmm. not just within music but even like image wise, if that makes sense. Great question. (laughs) You're so good at this. (laughs) I, as a consumer, as Gen Z, as someone who got on Instagram when I was 13, 14, I just, it ruined my self-confidence. I mean, like the, I mean, like the second I got on, Mm -hmm. I just was seeing these beautiful humans and it's not taking away from the beauty they they are beautiful Mm -hmm. but again like you said it was really highly and I don't know if y'all remember this but there was a time when highly filtered photos were like it you know and everyone was so tan and so beachy and so Mm -hmm. like skinny in these places and like thick in those places and it just really messed me up yeah and I I didn't realize how like how heavy it was weighing on me and, and, and how deeply it was affecting me until I started, started being unkind to myself and how I was treating my own body Yeah, and, you know, restricting it and based on what I saw online. And, you know, I think trigger warning, I think everyone in some capacity struggles with self-love, body confidence, you know, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's so prevalent and it's so normal, so real. Yeah. Um, but 
I just can, I can genuinely remember as soon as I got on social media, my relationship to my body changed and my relationship to my self-love and my confidence immediately changed. Mm -hmm. And so as I was figuring out who I was as an artist and, and who I wanted to be, the number one question that my manager asked me is just like, well, what's important to you outside of music? And I was like, nothing is all about music. Like, I just love music. Mm -hmm. He's like, but why? You know, like we know you love mental health, but it's like, what, what would your younger self want to see? Mm -hmm. You know, if your younger self, you had the opportunity to go back and give them something like a gift from right from the future, like, Hey, this is going to help you so much. I would want someone who was real on social media. Wow. Because like, it's so mean. It's so, it's so cruel what we do to ourselves. You know, it's so cruel. And I just, I was asked this recently in an interview. It was like, who do you do it for? Like Mm -hmm. this whole no makeup, no filter. Yeah. And I was like, you know, a lot of it's for my younger self. Mm -hmm. And, and now I know I I do it for those around me because I want to make a difference. And I want, you know, and we all know that. You want them to have what you did. I want them to have what I didn't. And I am sure that's, you know, such a huge reason why you do what you do as well. Absolutely. But I, it was okay. It was, it is so scary. Mm-hmm. Like showing up even to things like this. I'm like, I have breakouts. I don't like my skin. Oh, you look I so beautiful. Think- <laughs> I was literally like, I was like no, she's look at no. your eyes, your blue eyes. I feel, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't feel very beautiful today. I don't feel beautiful sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes and that's I okay. do. Yes, yeah, that's normal. Exactly. But it's not to me. It's instead of being like, oh, I don't feel beautiful. So I'm going to change it or cover it up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to expose that. And I'm going to try to put myself online as someone who stands by it. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't own makeup. I'm saying that genuinely, like I don't own any makeup. And here's the thing about makeup. I think it is a beautiful expression. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. Your eyelashes look so Thank good. You. Like this is the, I am not anti-makeup. Yeah. What I am is I'm pro feeling comfortable in your own skin. 100%. If that's what you want to feel. Like you should mm-hmm. feel like there's a space for you online. If you want to post without crazy filters or right. without any makeup. And right. that's something I always try to say, like I am not anti-makeup. I think it's absolutely incredible what people can do with makeup. And I, I, you know, I've been tempted myself, but when yeah. I'm tempted personally, it's, I want to cover this up. I want to make myself. Right. It's like intention. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of where that came from. And it's starting to become a little bit more powerful and a little bit more effective. I'm realizing I was just having this conversation with my PR team, with my manager, because I just had my first red carpet and I did it without makeup. I noticed that. And I and, was like, what a power move. I love that. And I didn't even realize it. Mm. Mateo was like, you just glossed over the fact that you just made like your first red carpet appearance with no, he was, he was like, do you know the last person to do that? No I was one like, ever. No, I mean, I don't. Maybe there, maybe there are, maybe Alicia I Keys, genuinely like, don't think there's I don't know. anyone ever. And so next month I make my, um, first debut TV appearance. And he was like, do you know the last person who just showed up on TV, just wearing no makeup? And I was like, no. And I'm really freaking scared about it. Like I was so afraid I'm going to look bad or look ugly or look tired or whatever. Thank you. But it's like, yeah, I appreciate that. And I think the, another big reason why I do it is because it does scare me and it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, sometimes people have been like, oh, well, you're lucky because like you, you look naturally beautiful and you look this and that. And it's like, well, it's not about that. It's about how I feel first right. of all. Right. And like, I don't wake up every day and feel beautiful. Some days I do. Some days I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky that this is me. This is how I look. This is how I mm-hmm. feel. Like I was created as an imperfect human and I'm just so happy with who I am. And sometimes yeah. it's like, you know, oh, I changed this. Oh, I changed that. Yeah, you but the point up. is that I post the same on the days that I am uncomfortable in my skin that I am on the days that I'm not uncomfortable in my skin. That's incredible. Like it will not change, you know? And it sucks sometimes. It sucks sometimes, but that's the point. You know, I'm like, I really, I really wish I had that when I was younger because I think it would have spared me years of not fueling my body Mm -hmm. correctly, years of Mm -hmm. overworking out, years of restricting and binging, like you name it. It was like, I was just so cruel to my body based on unrealistic standards. Right. And I just wish, you know, I just wish there was someone who was like, Hey, just so you know, like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. You know? Wow. I'm like genuinely so moved by that. And I was so curious because it's really like, I I don't think I can think of one other person Mm. in social media, musician, you know, you name it. And it's interesting. Cause like, I, like you said, like I, you know, that's kind of my goal too. Of, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not the exact same thing, but no, but you are so vulnerable. Well, so just vulnerable. like, like you said, like not having what you needed, like when I went through my divorce mm-hmm. and when I opened up about like my childhood trauma and everything, Absolutely. like I, the reason that I felt so isolated as I was healing through all of that is because I thought there was something wrong with me. I was comparing my life to everyone's highlights Mm -hmm. and just the pressure of like having to present yourself, all the things you said. And so I just love what you said, but also I love this conversation because this is something I've wanted to talk about on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's a very sensitive topic for people and like body image and like body dysmorphia and all these things. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that I've struggled with, but it's like really hard to talk about them in the right light because it is it is a sensitive subject for people. And I think it's really easy for people to, we're just so, we're so evil to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we, we see someone and we're like, oh, well, they just, they have what I want or they Mm -hmm. have what I, you know, wish I had, or, oh, I have this, or it's just all these things. And so it's like, I don't know. I just think what you're doing is so impactful, even to me. And as like, you know, you grow, on social media, whether you do music or for me, like with the podcast and everything, like even with David, and this is like kind of off the record, but you know, David, so I'll share this with you. Like that's been something I've super struggled with is Mm -hmm. I feel like after my divorce, I came to a place of a lot of Mm self-love for who I am and what I look like. As you should. Thank you. As you should. And I feel like since everything has blown up and gone crazy, there's a pressure that I feel to Mm -hmm. like conform to society standards of beauty because I feel like I'm constantly being compared Mm -hmm. by the world and even potentially by him, by nature, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's hard, you know, cause like we're all just real people, but with success and money and status, like your access to people grows. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not any Victoria's secret model and that's fine with me. I don't want to be one. No, you're sweet. But like, I don't want to be one, but it's, you know, and that's a real honest, vulnerable struggle is I have mm-hmm. felt, you know, the last couple months or not even months, just, you know, the last like two months, I've never felt 
more insecure than I have. Hmm. You know, I felt mm-hmm. more insecure now than I have in the last couple of years. Wow. Like, I feel like I really came to the place where I was like kind of confident within myself and like loved myself and loved my flaws and didn't see them, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I just have been a lot more critical of myself mm-hmm. in comparison to others Absolutely. and feeling this pressure of like, oh, well, you got to look like this. Yeah. You got to go to the gym more. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. And, um, you are just someone that inspires me so much, even in this season of my life. Mm. And it's scary to put that out there and say that, but I want to, because you know, like it's, that's a real struggle. And yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I just have wanted to talk about these things and I feel like I haven't found the right space to talk about them, but you're just such the perfect person. Well, thank you for saying that. And I, I truly believe that what you just said is so relatable is so relatable because like I said, there's 8 billion of us on the world. You have a particularly large amount of eyes on you and your relationship and everything Mm -hmm. that's going on. And I, and I feel that too. And those pressures are so real, Yeah, are so real. So the fact that you're experiencing that just first and foremost is not only valid, but is so, so, so like, okay. Because Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. It's like, okay. (laughs) Not only is it okay. I think it's like, Hey, thank you for saying that to me because I'm feeling the exact same way recently, by the way, you know, seeing pictures of me and seeing videos and I just, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to pick apart everything. It is. is. Even when you you. feel like you've come to a place Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, like I love myself now. And then like when those thoughts start to creep back Mm -hmm. in, you're like, Oh gosh, like I thought I came to a place where like, I wasn't going to beat myself down or like do these things, but it's just by nature. Like you said, it's, it's so easy. Yeah. And to I do think it. something that I always like to ask my friends, cause you know, I, so many, so many people who struggle with this, mm-hmm. I would say, Hey, what would you say if I came to you and I said, Hey, Nicole, I really feel like I don't look good today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't, I don't feel good. I feel like yeah. I need to be, you know, thinner. I feel like I need to have a nicer nose or a nicer face. Like, right. what would you say to me? I would encourage you and tell you that you're beautiful just the way you are. So you saying that to me, I'm going to encourage you and tell you that you're beautiful just the way you are because sometimes you just need to say it out loud to hear someone say it back to you because it's true. Yeah. You were created exactly how you're supposed to be created. I agree. It's just, it's harder sometimes said than done. 100%. And and also like I think basing, it's really that fine line between like you cannot base your worth yeah. On like what you feel like or what mm-hmm. you look like to any capacity. Cause it just yeah. doesn't come from that. But we yeah. live in a world that that's what people yeah, praise. Absolutely. And, you know, so it's like, thank you for saying that. Well, but- it's just so true. Like, it's so true. And I'm so sorry you have to feel those things. And I'm so sorry. Well, everyone kinda, has to yeah, feel those It's kind of scary to say that. Cause like, obviously like, I don't care about that stuff, but it yeah. is, there is a pressure of like, oh, mm-hmm. like I'm just a very normal human. Mm-hmm. And I'm with this person who's now becoming like, in the world's eyes, this like superhuman and Mm -hmm. I'm still just me, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I want to be that, but there is like a little bit of like, Oh, like, you know, it's so real. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I feel so lucky. I feel so blessed that you said that out loud because I've been feeling very similarly in my own experience as well then. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, it's really true. It's really scary being a woman also. Yes. It's scary being a human in general. Right. But for me, I've, I've realized how strong we are as women to just live in the bodies that we live in, you know, live in the society that we live in. 100%. And so I would also give yourself a huge hug and a huge pat on the back for also surviving and 
Thank you. Know, you. And surviving and thriving and, and doing yes. your best as a woman because. And this is for everyone who's listening oh, yeah. to this too. All humans. Yeah. We seriously. encourage you guys because we Give yourself get it. like a nice pat on the back because it's, it's real. It is yeah. so real and so scary. Absolutely. Well, that was so powerful. I love that. Okay. Awesome. We've talked a little bit about this, but why, you know, why is it that being so vulnerable about your mental health struggles mm-hmm. online? Why is that important to you? Again, it's similar to, it's similar to my reasoning for not wearing makeup and not, you know, using filters, which mm-hmm. is that I, when I was struggling, when I was 15, when I was 12, when I was whatever age, when I was struggling, I just felt so lonely. Yeah. It's just so isolating feeling like you're the only, the only thing worse yeah. is struggling is feeling you're, like you're alone. Absolutely. And struggling. Absolutely. At the same time. And so I also think we need to normalize talking about our feelings, mm-hmm. the good ones, the bad ones, not just the bad ones, right? Like I don't just open up online when I feel bad. It's like, let's just normalize expressing what we're feeling. You mm-hmm. know, I've, I just, so many people I've met in my life have been like, you know, that's just not the way I was raised. You know, my yeah, feelings weren't validated. It's such a, it's such a flaw in the generation before it is, us. It and is. That, I, I'm glad that all of us, I feel like are kind of pushing yeah. through that, but I agree. Yeah. It's I mean, it's so real. And so if you do feel that way, right? Like you can't say how you feel like it's for a perfectly valid reason. We've been yeah. taught that, but I just, I think about how much happier I had been if when I was first scrolling through TikTok or when I was first, you know, scrolling through Instagram, I saw not a day in the life as like a, uh, like a, what's the word? Lululemon wife yeah. or like yeah, yeah, yeah. as an influencer. Pop off. Love that for you yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I wish I had seen things on Instagram that were like a day in the life of someone who is anxious and feels yeah. crappy. And, and now I see those more and more, which yeah. is how I'm like, why I'm so glad I feel like I'm, totally. I'm in the right generation and yes. I'm doing my, the right thing. But it's like, it wasn't like that in the beginning. Yeah, it wasn't no, like that absolutely. when I was 15, 16, like again, Instagram was truly highlight reels. Yeah. And so that's a huge reason. I just, I, well, yeah. So that's like the logical reason. I, I think that the, the spiritual and deeper reason is just like, I'm so sensitive. I'm so sensitive. And growing up, I thought that was such a weakness. Mm-hmm. I just, and, and, you know, no one necessarily said that to me or like sat me down and was like, Hey, your sensitivity is a weakness, but I picked it up. You know, right. I, I picked it up from society and just yeah. like from growing up, like sensitivity is a weakness. And now it's my superpower. It's the reason I, I, I am where I am. It's mm-hmm. the reason I get to do what I do. Totally. And again, I want that 12 year old. That's like, why do I feel so deeply? Mm-hmm. Or like, why, why am I like, what's this feeling in my chest where it's like literally buckling? Like, yeah. You want those them to are feel feelings. Yeah, yeah. You don't even need to put a name to them. They don't need to be anxiety or depression or whatever. It's just like, those are feelings expression. And those are really human of you, you know? Yeah. And I just got, and I really hope, you know, if I ever bring children into the world, if I, you know, if I ever like create another like lineage, like I just hope that they grew up with more people like that yeah. as well. I love you know? that. That's so powerful. You're the best. Thank really. you. No, genuinely, that, that's, that's so important. It's, it's like, so real. when you say, like, I literally feel like I'm learning so much from you. Like just mm-hmm. even expressing your feelings, it's so healing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you don't have to put a label on it and you don't have to like, yeah. like just being like, this is how I feel and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about, you know, show the highlights. Like you said, pop yeah, up, yeah. do your thing. Yeah, that's absolutely. Great. But can we normalize showing both? 
Like, yeah. why can't we do both? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, we can show the good parts. Yeah. And, and as parts. you should. Yeah. It's like, be confident. Yeah. Like, show those do parts of yourself. Yeah. yeah. But also don't hide those scary parts. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I, I mean, I got a lot of pushback in the beginning mm-hmm. about makeup, about filters, about mental health advocacy, because, and what I was told is, how do you expect to be a pop star when you have bags under your eyes? How do you expect to gain a following if your page is not aesthetic? Mm -hmm. Like how do you expect to make people happy and to build a community based on being negative and Mm -hmm. based on, and I just, it was like, no, no, no. Like in this one, I was like, you got to trust the vision here. Like you got to trust the vision because that's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is showing up. And when someone says, Hey, you look tired saying, thank you so much. I actually worked really hard this week. You know, I so appreciate that. Or, Hey, like, you know, are you okay that you have like this breakout on your face and you're, it's on screen or are you okay that, you know, you're, you're kind of at a low right now. And like, Mm -hmm. are you okay to put that out there? It's like, yes, I am. And thank you for asking, you know, cause it's such, it's such a compliment when you realize that your heroes are humans. Yeah. You're such a pioneer in this world. Like, oh, no, genuinely, like, I don't think that you understand, like even long-term, like your music will affect people forever. You know, someone like me will show their daughter, like a song, oh. you know, you know, like it really <laughs> does bleed on thank to you. like things. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's so special what you're doing. And also I just commend you for your success and not letting that change. I'm really trying. I'm really trying. Thank you. You're doing amazing. Give yourself a lot of credit because like you have remained who you are and based on your stories and where you came from and everything Mm. you're telling me, like you've had a goal, you've had a mission and you haven't let everything waver that. And and that's, I mean, that's just powerful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Same to you, by the way. Thank you. Okay. This one's a fun question. Oh, good. What song that you've written means the most to you and why? Ooh, I know it's hard to choose one. No, no, it's, it's a great, it's such a good question. First of all, all my songs are like my babies. Yeah. So I love answering this question because it really depends on the day. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, the song that to me I'm most proud of and I just feel like, what was your exact wording? You said, what was a song that? What, what song means the most? Means the most. Okay. Yeah. So Uh I have this song. It's actually coming out Friday, this Friday. So a new song. Yes. And it's called potential. And I've seen you tease this one. Thank you. I, oh my gosh. Thank you. The reason it. it is so, it's so important to me is that I had a major breakthrough when I wrote this song and I have major breakthroughs when I write all my songs, but this Mm -hmm. one in particular, it was a big growing moment and healing moment for me because I realized that one of my greatest strengths and biggest weaknesses is that I see the best in people. Mm. And that is such a strength. Like Mm -hmm. it is so, I love that about myself. I love that about others, but it's also important to recognize where that can sometimes really damage you. Right. Where you see the best in people to the point where it hurts you, where you Mm -hmm. shouldn't see the best in them anymore, where it starts to hurt you and you start to not see the best in yourself anymore, you know? And it's so consequential and also so incredible. Right. And- when writing this song, I realized how often I do it, mm-hmm. N- not just in my love life, but just in, in every aspect in of my life mm-hmm. where 
I see the best in people and I will, I stand by this. I will stand by this forever. I know that's such a good trait. I know that's beautiful, but realizing how it actually was not serving me in certain situations was a huge self-growth point Mm -hmm. because now when I meet someone, whether it's romantically or platonically or family or whatever it is, it's like, do do I feel this connection to you or this idea of who you could be or Mm -hmm. this idea of you that I'm projecting, right? That's on me. Right. And then I start to ask myself that like when I, when I expect something of myself, I'm like, am I disappointed in myself right now? Because I put too high expectations of like what I'm supposed to achieve or like some unrealistic standard that I'm supposed to reach. Mm -hmm. Right. Or am I being realistic with myself? Like, Hey Mm -hmm. Rosie, you don't have a top 40 hit. Um, I'm 23. Like I just got into the music industry. Like that would be awesome. But it's like, that was me setting expectations of myself. Like, Oh, by 23, you'll this and that, like that was the potential. That was some idea. So you're saying it even falls into like yourself. Yes. Wow. It's so, I realize it all the time, like seeing the best in myself, like that's great. But then when you start to, you know, really like put yourself on such a high, you know, where it's like, this is who you have to be. This is who you have to become. Mm -hmm. Like it starts to get really interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's such yeah. an interesting, I love that. Thank oh you. my gosh. I'm like literally moved, which by the way, that song's incredible guys. <laughs> I've seen you. it on TikTok and I'm Thank like, you. this one's so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. So it. everyone go stream potential. Thank you. So exciting. Okay. Amazing. Well, I want to talk about this with you mm-hmm. because obviously a lot of your songs are heartbreak songs. Yes. Right. Yes. So <laughs> from a girl who's uh-huh. been very heartbroken, yeah. clearly. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Yes. I think heartbreak is one of the craziest human experiences Mm -hmm. that we go through. Mm -hmm. And obviously like there's things tied to it, like loss, you know, all these different things, but like being heartbroken is something that's like no other, (sighs) nothing else. It is a different kind of pain. Yes. And I think it's genuinely maybe one of the worst pains, obviously loss is Mm -hmm. terrible, but, but loss is loss is loss. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I just like from someone who's been through a lot also, and like tie this into your music, like, you know, what heartbreaks or experiences, if you're comfortable talking Mm -hmm. a little bit about like your dating history, like what's led you to kind of making these songs. (laughs) This is so good. This (laughs) is tea. Like, I love that you're asking these questions. And like what, you know, when you make these songs, like what's that process like too? So just, Mm -hmm. I just want to talk about this as a whole. I came up with all these different questions. I was like, no, let's just talk about like heartbreak. Love it. So just just give me all the tea. Okay. This is great. (laughs) This is great. First of all, any decision that I have made in my past in who I have chosen to love was a direct reflection of my ability or inability to love myself. So I just want to preface that, that whoever I chose, that was a really big, a really big, uh, what's the word? Tell. It was a really big tell Mm -hmm. of how much I loved myself. Mm -hmm. That being said, I made a lot of bad decisions, which was because I felt really bad about myself. Right. And anything bad that happened to me, I take 50% responsibility for the fact that I let that, I let them do that to me. Mm -hmm. I let that happen to me. And again- reflection of myself and my own self-confidence. So I don't blame anyone, but myself for the fact that I have made bad decisions 
from day one. Like I, Mm -hmm. it is so crazy to me how wrong I've been. Just like, and that's not to say, you know, everyone I've dated like has been a terrible experience. That's not it at all. But it's just, I, you got to understand, like, I just was so mean to myself and just had so little love for myself and that reflected in who I chose. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I went to a school that was kindergarten through 12th grade, the same people, same class. My class was 18 people, Mm -hmm. not just grade, like my entire grade was 18 people. So there wasn't really much dating in high school because it was like, it was literal family. And where did you grow up? So sorry, in New, New York. York. Yeah, like 45 small... minutes north of the gotcha. of the city. Okay. Yeah. And so I didn't really have that experience mm-hmm. of dating in high school. So when it came to college, I was like, oh, like I want to understand like, yeah. what's this? What's this all about? And right. then you're like, wait, this sucks. No, this is so <laughs> scary. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's this all about? And I you know, I was hasty in my decisions and I was maybe not always so thoughtful and I made a lot of mistakes. I wasn't always so considerate and I didn't date that many people. I've really only had like two or three, like significant, significant others, Mm -hmm. but I had to hurt people and be hurt by people to understand like how precious relationships are and how precious romantic love is and how special it is. Right. You know, and I wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't cheated on and manipulated and like if I wasn't inconsiderate of someone else's feelings and hurt. And if I didn't hurt someone else and realize like, wow, that's rosy. Like you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. Like you are capable of hurting someone. Someone is capable of hurting you. Mm -hmm. Like, so all of these lessons that I've learned from these significant others, as much as some of them were really, really crappy and I was really crappy. Like I'm really grateful that they happened because I can say like, I now make such better decisions and I'm much more sparing with myself and more gentle with myself. Mm -hmm. And because I love myself more, my decisions and who I choose to show love to have been much better. My mom can attest. My family can attest. They know, like they know my track record. They know that I have that always so funny. been. I'm pulling this out because we've got to talk about good. this, but we only uh, You're good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've made some silly decisions, but yeah. ultimately, you know, like I wrote Never the One and all of those songs. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on that song. The same one person. And Ugh. when I, like this was, a, this was a really, it was messed up. Like it was really oh damaging. And it, you know, you would tell I wrote a hundred songs about it. Like I was no, really but, hurt. But Never the One is beautiful because Thank it's you. so like, it's so raw in the sense of like the concept is saying like, oh, but I was never the one. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of in a sense, like not taking accountability, but you're like, explaining like this crazy situation Mm -hmm. of like, how could this person do this to me? Yeah. But then it's kind of the acceptance of like, well, dang, like, I guess I was never the one. Yeah. It's like, that was the acceptance. Oh my God. Yeah. And so like, that song is like, so, oh, it's so Yeah. And like, I've been asked, I'm pretty sure like 200,000 people cumulatively have commented like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. Who is this person? And it's like, I don't say because I'm, the reason I don't give specifics or, or name names is because I genuinely wish this person well now. Right. And I know if I were to say a name or even follow this person or they were to like 
pull it up and be like, oh my God, like, is this your ex? Like, I, I have the most wonderful fans, but I know they would, and I have kind yeah. fans, but I know, like, I they know would, they would banter the, together. The comments yeah. would come and I yeah. just, I don't wish that on them as, right. as, as much as it hurt, you know, like yeah. I wrote a lot of songs about this one person and I am so grateful to be past that in my own, you know, like right. in my own journey now, like so right. past it, but it was real. Like the heartbreak was real. So, so th- those songs really like, they stem from a real place. That was yes. a real heartbreak. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> my parents can, yeah. Everyone can attest to how You're much like, pain I was in. Everyone in my personal life. Everyone in my personal life knows. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> what I will say, which I did want to point out, never the one, which if you guys haven't heard it, if you're comfortable, yes. do you want to sing like the chorus a little bit? Cause any, everyone's going to, if not, okay. that's okay. Yeah. So it's the chorus is counts from 10 back to one. It's like, now I could write 10 songs for nine ways you fucked me over. Only take it eight days for guests, seven months together. We're up till six in the morning, five days a week. You said forever than that before. I counted to three, loved you a little too much. But I was never, I was never the one. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I love the love I have for that song Thank is incredible. You. But also everything that you've done is incredible. Um, so that song's obviously amazing. And that kind of gives context to lyrics. Also, anyone who hears that is going to like recognize because I feel like everyone in the world knows that song. But what I will say, what I love, so your most recent single, um, remind me what it's called. Someone you once had. Someone you once had. I love that song. And what I love is that going from never the one, obviously an incredible heartbreak song. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, Dang, like kind of mm. like this, it's it's like a loss and you're like, I, I accept it, but I'm also sorry like for myself. kind yeah. of screw you at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like what you did to me. And now like this song, it shows so much growth. Like if you have to lose me to want me back, give up mm. on us to see, see what, what we yeah. had. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Like it shows so much growth in the sense of like coming from that place of going through that heartbreak and like mm-hmm. being like just torn up and all these things. And then to this song, it's such a song of like, you know what? No, like I know my worth. I know, you know who I am. And like, even if I love this person, like, no, I'm not going to let you love me like that. And so it just seeing your (laughs) growth, but also seeing the way that you've like, that's an incredible song, by the way, everyone go stream that song. Oh my gosh. Like I have this pulled up. This is your little TikTok about it. So this is you, you posted, you said attention besties who need help seeing their worth. And I loved this because I literally was talking to this about Grace. Like, that's what I thought about the song. And then I was scrolling through your TikTok and saw this and I was like, oh my gosh, so cute. Um, but repeat this affirmation. If you have to lose me to want me bad, give up on us to see what we have. You should know better. I would never let you love me like that. And I'm like, preach sister, tell them. No, but genuinely. And like your audience seeing that, like that's so incredible because it's like, there's a sense of heartbreak in that, but there's a sense of like, I love myself and I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to take care of myself. And so seeing, you know, your music journey and how, not to say that you didn't have love for yourself back then, but just seeing this, it's like just such evident proof of your journey and how far you've come. And it's beautiful. And it's going to impact people because the people who are fans of you and listen, never the one and all your other songs that are like, oh my gosh, dead. And then they hear this song. They're like, all right, I got my power back. Yeah. Yeah, Like I got my power back, you know? And so it's just cool. Even in all your, like all your stuff. And then you have a duet. It's called, what is your duet called? Oh, how are you? Yes. Or I love you more. Both. I love you more. Right. That one's incredible. But just like seeing how they've all transformed, but they Mm. all come together. 
It's just beautiful. Thank you. We were in our fields this morning when but we were listening. But that is the we point of fields. this whole entire era, which is the healing era. You know, yes. I'm going on tour, the yes. healing tour. My EP, which not saying the name yet, but involved with healing. Like it's coming. It's coming. It's and potential and potential. Right? It's the same so thing. incredible. It's recognizing something about yourself, right? Whether it's positive, yes. whether it's negative. To me, healing, so much of healing is awareness, being yes. conscious of what it is, you know? Yes. And that song specifically, it's funny because I actually wrote it the day after I, I broke up with someone and it was, oh my I was gosh. in so much pain because I like really cared but about this person. Wh- oh my and gosh. I had to end it there. You know what? And it's like, there's no animosity. It was just yeah. like, they couldn't give me the love that I like needed. And mm-hmm. that is okay. And it is what it is. But I actually walked into the session and I was like, guys, today I want to feel really sorry for myself. And very bold of them because it was the first time I met them. Mm-hmm. And now they're like my favorite collaborators, Ian and Andrew, um, after hours. But they were like, or what if you wrote about being confident and being like, I know what I deserve. And I was like, yeah. I was like, who are you? Like, I was like, like I just told you what I want to write about. And now you're like, yeah, but, but they said it. And I was like, okay, universe, this is, this wow. is the universe saying no. Like you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to feel sorry for yourself. Yes. Right. But this is the universe literally stepping in and being like, here are these two incredible supportive collaborators mm-hmm. who are here to help you the day after you ended a relationship that was no longer serving Crazy you. Crazy timing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That was no longer serving you because you knew what you deserved and loved yourself and knew you wanted better. And here they are. And I was just like, I was in tears. I was like a mess, but I was like, wow, like this is my opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my opportunity. And they, they pushed me and helped me get there. Like I wouldn't be there without these two, Ian and Andrew, because they were the reason they were like, what if you, what if you did this instead? I was like, guys, I literally walked in and said, I want to feel sorry for myself today. I went through breakup yesterday and they're Mm -hmm. like, just try. Just She's try. in her healing era, everyone. Look I'm at her. I'm in my healing era. And you're taking people along with you, which Trying. is so powerful. And and like genuinely, Rosie, I really don't think you understand the weight of what your music does for Thank people you. and what it's even done in my own life. Like genuinely, guys, like that song single-handedly like was one of the probably the top five songs that got me through my divorce. Thank you so Just much. Just bop to it in my car. Well, <sighs> thank you. Sorry. I, did I interrupt no. you? I was oh my gosh, say, please. Something that's really, really... I'm passionate about is respecting the timeline of healing Mm -hmm. because I've gotten so many texts over the years from people, from industry people, people in my life, family, friends who are like, Rosie, when we meet you, you're so incredibly bubbly and kind Mm -hmm. and positive. And then you put out this music and it's so depressing. Like Mm -hmm. when, when are you going to show the world like happy Rosie, positive Mm -hmm. Rosie, healed Rosie. And, you know, I know the place they're coming from is that they want people to see like the other side of me, which is like, I am so happy. And like, like, that's just who I am. But like, I didn't say this to them, but I was like, you got to trust that I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be overnight. Right. right? Like it's not going to be something just an automatic switch like I'm sad and now I'm happy Mm -hmm. it's like it's gonna be gradual and now people are seeing it and they're seeing the healing they're seeing the confidence and they're like oh my god like this is amazing like we we love this evolution and it's like Mm -hmm. thank you because I trusted in in myself and my timeline and healing that when I was ready to write these things because there's this old saying I don't know who came up with it but it was like you got to assume 
assume the listener is stupid. That used to be the phrase. Mm. I don't feel this way. It used to be like, assume your listener's stupid. Like you got to explain it to them. You got to give it to them. I assume, and I know my listeners are smart. And if I were to put a song out there in 2021 about being happy and confident, they'd be like, this isn't her. That's not you. Yeah. And it's like, now, you know, when I put out someone you once had or potential or any of these songs, it's mm-hmm. like, I genuinely feel it. Yeah. And I'm not going to rush that timeline to appeal, like, like appease others or like make, yeah. make, is that the word? Please. To please no, others. Yes, like, yeah. It's like, I'm not, I'm going to do it on my on my own. Yeah. On um, your own time. On my own time. And that's so important. Which is how it should be. Like you, just what you're doing is so powerful. And like, I'm not just saying this, Rosie, like you're so talented. No, genuinely. Like your music is so special. It's just great music. Take aside who you are as a person (laughs) and how impactful, like it's incredible. And, and it's, it's just so special. And I really don't think you realize the impact that you are making on the world and in people's lives, because like these songs mean so much to people. Like I know if that song means that much to me yeah. and even, I mean, potential, you only tease it on TikTok, but I've already picked up on it. I'll like, send it I, to you. I love this song. Oh my gosh. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, no, but genuinely like these things matter to people. They mean, and, and you're able to put words to what others feel, but they don't know how to express it. And so just, just know that like, like you are making an impact on so many people and in a bigger way than you realize it's not people just listening to your music and saying, Oh, I love this song. This is great. No, like these songs mean something to people. That means so much. And I appreciate you saying that because I'm someone who genuinely needs to hear it. Like I, I don't tell myself, I don't tell it enough to myself. Like the people who are closest in my life know Mm -hmm. this. Like I don't compliment myself a lot. So like you saying that, I genuinely appreciate it because I need to hear it. I don't know about anyone else, but like, no, and in case you need to hear it, like what you're doing is so incredible. Like the, you know, look at this, like you created all of this. She's sitting in her new studio apartment in LA, like (laughs) with my fake wallpaper, with your fake wallpaper. I didn't even notice. I know it's funny. I feel like people can't tell, but it's literally just stick on wallpaper. Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) Um, but the cat's uh, out of the bag guys. (laughs) I love it. I was going to say something about, you were talking about, what was the last thing you said about, um, just like the sense of like, it means more than, you know, to people like it's, it's Mm. really not, it's not a song. Mm. You're not just an artist people. I know for me, and I'm assume that most people, your average music consumer is like me and you guys are much more hypercritical of yourselves and all things. But like when you, you know, resonate with an artist, for example, another big artist that really helped me through Mm. that time was Chelsea Cutler. I love her music. I love Chelsea. I love you. She knows <laughs> she she's incredible. incredible. Yeah. She would put a song out and I'd be like, did you, did you open my journal? Mm-hmm. Did you open mm-hmm. my journal and write a song about exactly what I was, was yeah. feeling. And when you really connect with those people and meet them in that time of where they're at, like you go on a journey with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's so healing. And so you're doing that for people like as you're healing your audience and also not to mention because of who you are and how genuine you are, your fan base are, they're loyal people. Like they love There's, you. I lo- literally anyone yeah. who's a fan. Like, <laughs> well, they love you. And they're not just people who are like, oh yeah, I've heard a song of hers. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Anyone who's listening to you loves you as a human. And I know is like dedicated to you that. and your journey. And so as you heal, just know you're making such an impact on the world. And even when you're not healing and you're vulnerable and you're like, Hey, I'm struggling. Yeah. That's making an impact. Like whatever song you put out, like it's going to resonate with your people. And it does for us. Like literally me and my manager were like, we're in our feels today. Like this is so good. And it, it really is. It's, 
it's just such a beautiful thing. And so I just have to, I just have to, I just feel that in my like spirit to tell you like just how amazing it is what you're doing and how special and like it really is impacting so many humans and heartbreak is like literally one of, it's just such a hard thing. And as a young girl, Mm. you don't, you don't get it. Like you said, Mm. you make all these decisions and I love what you said about like, you know, it's sad because I think a lot of it does come down to self-love and like Mm -hmm. looking back at my experience, like, yes, I was very hurt and a lot of bad things happened to me, but it was also me having to accept, like, I let myself be treated that way. And I let myself stay in a situation with Mm -hmm. someone who wasn't showing me the respect and the love Mm -hmm. that I know that I need. And I didn't love myself enough to walk away, Yeah, you know? And so it's like, it is such a journey. Heartbreak is just, oh my gosh, it's one of the things. And I just know when you, when you're in it, it feels like the end of the world. Mm. It really does. I remember, I remember the day when I found out that this person had like destroyed me. Like just literally, I was destroyed. And I remember celebrating the seconds of the day that I didn't think about them. I was like, wow, 30 seconds today. There were 30 seconds. Rosie, you're going to make me cry because we are the same person. And then, you know what happened? It was probably weeks of seconds. Mm -hmm. Weeks of, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Like there was 10 seconds today that I was thinking about. I remember one day I was like, I was thinking about the watermelon I was cutting up and I was like, I'm thinking about watermelon. (laughs) And then, you know, it started to turn into into hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, oh, sorry, minutes. It started to turn into minutes. There'd be minutes I would be at the dinner table with my family and my parents would look at me and I was like, I just went like three minutes without thinking about how we fucked me up so bad. <laughs> and you're like, yes. Yeah, like, let's go. Yeah. And then it turned into hours and then there'd yeah. be hours during the day and yeah. then it turned into days. And now, you know, again, it's never going to take away the way that, I, you know, the way that I feel like I was manipulated and right. like, like that's never going to go away. But the fact that now I can go days, weeks, and then like turns into months, m- months, maybe yeah. I'm not there yet, but like, and you know, yes, 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 yeah, it's yeah. like the fact that, or, but it is, you know, months now that I can go without feeling that pain in my chest of like, I'm right. destroyed. Like I'm not destroyed anymore. Mm-hmm. I have learned my lesson, you know, it's something I'll always remember the way it made me feel right. Heartbreak is the worst, such, such a terrible feeling, Mm -hmm. but it's like the seconds do turn into minutes, the minutes turn into hours, hours turn into days. They do. If you ride it out, they literally do. That's how time works. Like it it doesn't feel like it in the moment. No, it does not. Well, when you said that, I'm like dying on the inside because my therapist used to tell me that she was like, Nicole, just focus on 60 seconds yep. of trying to get through. If you can get through the next 60 seconds, mm-hmm. then just get through the next 60 yep. seconds and then just keep going. Yep. Cause minute I used to, I mean, and I'm sure you can relate to this, but like legitimately I like cried myself to sleep mm-hmm. every night was yeah. having panic attacks. Like I, yeah. my heartbreak was like so terrible. Yeah. And I looking back, like if I would have, you know, I, I wouldn't have ever guessed that I would be where I am now mm-hmm. and that I'm happy and I'm healed and I have this new person who's so incredible. But like, I genuinely just believe in what you're saying so much. Like, don't think too far ahead. Don't think into the future. Yeah. Don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, just focus on the present. Like I can get through this next minute Yeah, and get through this. I can try to not focus on that. And like, eventually, like you said, you start to heal and it becomes less and few and far in between. And it does. And like, for me also, I know there there was like a lot of like physical trauma too. Like it just, Mm -hmm. I, it just, I didn't physically go near someone romantically for two years. It took me two years. Didn't feel like two years because I was so, I really, yeah. And I was so present. Like I was so like 
thinking about, you know, I survived another minute without them. I survived another mm-hmm. day without them, another month, another year. That like two years went by and I was like, right. I have not let anyone near me for two years. Like I was like, wow. I, she's like shaking her head. Like it's like. <laughs> everyone's feeling it in everyone's here. Everyone's feeling it because it's so real. Like it yeah. takes time, but time is also, and I know it sucks because you have to be patient, but it's like yes. time is also the thing that's going to heal oh you. Oh my gosh. You know? Yes. It's, it's so weird because like genuinely, and I've, I've, I don't know if I've told Grace this, but like after my divorce, I mm-hmm. was like, I'm, I'm literally never, I'm going to be yeah. single. Like I'm actually content. That's what I told my family. Never dating yeah. anyone in my life again. Yeah. Like I will be happy. Like it's not worth the risk. Cause like love mm-hmm. is a risk. It is. Relationships are risk. It is. And I genuinely, before I met my significant other now, I had not talked to one person. Mm-hmm. I was so traumatized yep. that I was like, I'm, I'm not like never I, again. I, the thought of it made me sick. Yep. No, like literally ill. I yeah. didn't eat for like, like days. Like I was ill. Ugh. It's the worst feeling. Like I, I know yeah. so many people watching this can relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me think of, gosh, what's the line in, there's a line in Chelsea Cutler's song. It says like, uh, the dishes or something. There's, it was, it, there's some line about like her not eating for days or something. I can't think of, I know exactly what you're talking, what I'm talking about. about. I do. Yeah. I literally went and uh, with her. I'm like, I should know this. Like, I know it just gave yeah. me like a specific thought. Um, which you actually, you guys are very much remind me of each other. Like you're in the same lane of like the, your songwriting reminds me a lot of each other in the best way. Like, obviously well, that means so much because she's such a big inspiration. Oh, she's And like, incredible. she was my first ever tour. Like she That's was my first, so cool. I literally got this. Is it on this arm? on this arm no it's on this arm I got this tattoo after Aww. her tour because it was like my first ever tour and it was I tell her this all the time I don't think she realizes but like she's the reason I n- believe in myself that I can be Aww. an artist for the rest of my life like she said some things to me that just absolutely changed my that's life that's so sweet yeah that's so yeah. cute I freaking so love both I'm glad of you. you love her because I oh my gosh love her I love she'd be a like, great person her. to be on this podcast oh too, my gosh like. I'm sure yeah, yeah. she's very I mean, she is just like, she just reminds me so much of you. She's one of those like unique people within the space. And her songwriting is just like yours in the sense where it's so like the way that you guys put stuff, it's just, Mm. oh my gosh, like it's so raw. Like it's not even trying to like take an emotion and like, okay, how can I make this sound right. kind of better? Right. No, it's just like very like, this much. This is exactly how I feel. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so evident. It's so mm-hmm. evident in what, and what you do and you're amazing, Rosie. Anyways, Thank we're you. almost done. We have like a couple more things to go over. Amazing. Um, take so talk- your time. Yes. I'm now my great. hair is how like everywhere. How are you feeling? Nicole? Oh my gosh. I'm just feeling like, you know, when you have a conversation, you just like get so it's like so just thrilling and exciting because mm-hmm. it's like you're just filled with so much love when you yeah. have these conversations. I do. I'm feeling that right now. Yeah. Like I just feel so much like, oh my gosh, I could do this I for feel 20 so under- hours. Yeah. I feel so understood, you know? Oh my gosh. Same. I'm like, I and I just know the most beautiful part is I know people are going to watch this and be like, oh, and they're going to feel it. And that really just makes so. me so happy. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is kind of leading into that or like following up on that question as someone who's been through a lot of heartbreak in mm-hmm. your life and has kind of put out, you know, expression of that through your music, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to a fan who is going through a really bad heartbreak? What advice? Wow. I know it's a, that's a that's heavy a great, question. Yeah, it's a great question because I, you know, I feel like I myself was going through it again last year. Like I mm-hmm. lost someone I really cared about and I, I mean... The reason I'm like so 
uh, what's the word? I I'm really thinking about this is because what I want to say something that like genuinely, like I, oh, I want to so no, take cause, your yeah, time. Cause yeah, it's yeah. Like, cause it's so people always say, it's like, Oh, what advice would you give if you, you know, what would you advice you give? But it's like, but, but this is like so deep and so important. Yeah. And there's not, I mean, obviously that's, what's hard about it is like, there's no kind of like what you said with healing. There's no rule book on healing right. and there's yeah. no rule book on getting over heartbreak. Like mm-hmm. everyone's situations are so unique. So that's why it's hard. But like from your perspective, what are some of, maybe what are some of the things that helped you mm. get through those mm-hmm. times, you know, and find love for yourself and healing for yourself? Okay. I have advice that is not only applicable to heartbreak, but to every aspect of my life. And I don't know if it's going to resonate, but for me, this is the advice. The advice is know what you want now and know what you want most. And don't put what you want now over what you want most. Wow. And so for love, for example, right? In my last, the last time that I felt heartbroken, I thought, well, what do I want now? What I want now is to is this person to love me and mm-hmm. to love me for who I am and to be able to give me the love that I deserve. What do I want most? I want to be with someone that makes me feel good about who I am. Long term, I want someone who I know is going to be there five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 right. years ago. I know that I want to, you know, hopefully one day, you know, marry someone and mm-hmm. have, you know, a family and whatever. And I recognized that what I wanted now was not in alignment with what I wanted most. Mm-hmm. I was like, what this person that I want now cannot provide what I want most in the world. Right. And Mateo and I talk about this all the time, for example, with career. I, what would I like a top 40 hit right now? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what I want most is to have a long-term career and I want to grow mm-hmm. longevity. So I understand that what I want now unless it aligns with what I want, you know, most, right? Like that, that completely changed my mentality because I I wish I had known that with my first heartbreak being like, I know what you want now is to feel better and Mm -hmm. to stop feeling this way. But what you want most, I assume is to heal and grow from this and whatever. And the only way to get through that is to feel it, you know? Right. And that, like that changed that, that, quote, changed our lives. Like it applies to every aspect. It's incredible. You know, when you're making a big decision, you know, ask yourself, mm-hmm. what do you want now? And what do you want most? That, no, that's literally a perfect answer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're running a little bit short on time. So I do want to close this out by first of all, asking what's coming for Rosie. What's on the brink? What, how can anyone who's watching this support you? Like what's all the new things? Thank you for asking. I have my first ever headlining tour starting June 1st. And you can find all the information. Just Rosie Music with two C's is all of my ads, all my handles. Amazing. Um, I have a single coming out on Friday called Potential. So good, by the way. If this is later. Yes. And I have an EP coming out. And... That is coming out June 23rd. June 23rd. June 23rd. Which we haven't even officially announced yet, but we're going oh to Oh my soon. goodness. Oh, and I'm, I'm making my first ever television appearance on uh, Good Day in New York. When is that? June 21st. There you go. Me like, is this the right date? You're like, wait, there's a lot of dates <laughs> yeah, to keep June up with. Yeah, June 21st. Um, and I think more than anything, I just, I, I have also a lot of 
really exciting collaborations that I've been working so on just cool. to raise mental health awareness and yeah. to just keep, you know, keep doing what I love. Wow. So, That's exciting. Yeah. So lots of things lots coming of things for coming. Rosie. So everyone go follow her, support her, stream her music. She's incredible. And it's been such an honor having you on here. Such a pleasure. And it was, you know, what, how do I say this? You know, what's the word when you say like it was bound to happen like this this was serendipity this was coming and I think we both knew it and this was so incredible and I'm just so blessed by your presence in my life and also I know everyone is going to just really resonate with this thank you you. so much for having me thank you for all that you do oh okay well we love Rosie uh I'll close this out by saying um if you would like to support her obviously follow her on her socials all that stuff you can follow me on my socials at nicole.donna also elephants in the room on every platform you can leave this podcast a rating it really helps me out share it with a friend share on your social media I'll close this out by saying what elephants are in your room. My name is Nicole and I'll talk to you guys next week.